way. Yeah, man, man, man. All out of options, nothing to choose. I pissed out on Netflix, I'm sick of the news. I'd sign up to Sky, but I don't want to pay. I've been on furlough since May. <laughs> now I'll go and listen to a company at a sad we're we're on the back nine so there's 40 episodes last week was the mid well so this was the <laughs> point was midweek so we've done the first 20 we're on to 21 we're on the downward slope bit yeah, yeah. getting a little bit sad and a little bit emotional yeah so we are back in newcastle so oh. this allows me to go back to our previous tradition when we used to say Guten Tag when they were in Germany, <laughs> when they were in Derbyshire, there wasn't much to say. I don't know what the hell over darling. Good morning. So anyway, we're back in the tune, so we can go. Yeah. I'll read pets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So George, with a massive sense of dread. However, I'm sure that your new item of clothing. Is going to be on the agenda. Yeah. What's been happening for you this week, my friend? Ah, well, you know, bit of a bit of online ordering. Uh, more stuff I don't need, but due to extreme boredom, I've been clicking away, and I have my new purchase on. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I've got, I've got the the the, the track top. You know yeah, the yeah. Track top that he wears in the business. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's the same track top as that. It's blue with a Sergio stripe and the and the white and the and the red. And the red collar. So yes, I'm pretty jealous that you've got that. That looks pretty. Well, they're doing a special deal at the moment. It's uh, it's under forty quid. So uh, you can get on there and get one. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem is, I'm one of them people. Like, if you've got it, I don't fucking want. <laughs> I want I want exclusive shit. Uh, I mean, okay. I know I know saying I want exclusive shit from the website that sells the most number of yeah. uh, 80s related uh, sportswear. So yes, there are probably thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not maybe hundreds of thousands of people out there wearing the same shit. But yeah. the last thing I would ever possibly want is for me and you to turn up at the same oh. time, same place, wearing the same shit. We'd clash, we'd clash, that'd be no good. We'd look like a right fucking pair of melts. So, <laughs> so apart from purchasing, Anything else that's be that, that you're uh, that you think is worthy of letting our listeners know about? Well, not really. I'm going to do a little trip to uh, Seaside tomorrow. Going to oh, go right, around. Yeah, yeah. So you, this is well, yeah. So we are recording. George has had me on a time frame this week. He was uh, he was he was forcing me to record nice and early, but it's always good to get it out the way. So George, tell our listeners where when you say the Seaside, whereabouts you going? Ah, Ramsgate. <laughs> Ramsgate, that's in Kent, isn't it? Yeah, I hear it's a bit, uh, well, yeah, Rotten. anyway, it, it was a mate of mine who chose it, so 
It's got it boasts the biggest weather spoons in the country, so that would be the highlight oh, of my that's day. Right yeah. up your fucking street, George. Yeah, yeah. Biggest weather spoons in the country. Oh, it, it's huge! It's huge. So does that mean it's got the most amount of people on benefits in the country? As yeah, well? yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm sure there's a even longer walk to the toilet. Yeah, fucking hell, mate. You better wear hiking boots if you're going there. <laughs> the fucking stairs will be like 14 miles long in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you will have to give our readers, our, our readers, I keep saying readers, you'll have to give our listeners and watchers a, a report yeah, yeah. next week of what you think of the uh, the Ramsgate Witherspoons. Well, they'll still be doing table service, so at least you won't have to walk to the bar. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I myself went to my friend's wedding, ah. as I was mentioning last week. So, last on Friday of last week, we had a bit of a double celebration. So, one of my very good friends, he has been residing at Her Majesty's pleasure for the last uh, five years, and he got out of he got out of jail. Approximately 9 a.m. on Friday, <laughs> uh, got married at 6 p.m. So uh, he was a free man for nine hours. Yeah. He went from what went from being locked up in a cell to being locked up in a marriage within a very I must say his, his uh, bride was absolutely beautiful. She's oh, she's a, a lovely looking girl. Yeah, she's an absolute stunner. Yeah, she's an absolute stunner. So um, and uh, yeah, he's a bit of a unit. So as you can see from the pictures, I mean I'm no I'm not small, I'm six foot three. Uh, and a bit of a lumpy self. He's six foot six. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he's a bit of a lad. So um, there were some very, 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 very tasty looking individuals at the uh, at the actual <laughs> wedding itself. So obviously he spent, a, you know, as a as somewhat of a naughty boy, he spent a few years in the shovel. Um, several of the wedding guests had also been residing <laughs> at his pleasure at some point yeah. in the very recent past. So it was um, myself and my young lady. Oh, very nice as well, I must say. That's my new, my new young lady. Very, very pleased with that one. And um, we uh, we went so we went to the wedding and we had a little bit of a game of guess who's been in prison. So that was uh, that was quite funny. <laughs> and in the end of it, it was basically nearly everyone. No, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good laugh. But it was the venue was beautiful. So it was in this like it was one of them sort of. It was in Banbury in Oxfordshire, and it was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, in a basically a field, but it had like you know big like a marquee tents, and then yeah, it, yeah. It was like in this valley. So you go through the door and you go down this road like into this valley, and then straight in front of you, you've got like this load of decking with chairs and and these big marquee tents where mm. that's where the actual ceremony was, and then you go down, and then there was like a big fishing lake, and on the other side of the fishing lake. There was all these like big teepee bell tents where yeah. you, could, you know, like you know, posh like glamping. So you could, you know, there was yeah. also people. Well, saying you hit, you hit a bit of traffic, didn't you, on the, on the way down? Oh. There. Yeah, but uh, check this out. This is the fucking ir ironic thing about it. So we, you know, we left. We we checked the sat nav, and it was like an hour. It's like an hour and a half, an hour forty minutes door to door. So me being the anal timekeeper that I am, I'm like, right, well, let's leave. You know, let's make sure that we leave with plenty of time. So the, the ceremony was supposed to be at five. So we left at two, yeah. no, like half two. So, yeah, so basically I left. I gave, like, it was an hour and a half journey, and I thought I'll give it two and a half hours 
that'll get with her in plenty of time. You know, like I say, I didn't want to get there too early. I didn't want to be sitting there like a melt. Um, so yeah, so we got, I thought I'll get plenty of time, da 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 So anyway, we got, we got onto the M40 and we were heading, heading north towards Banbury. And then uh, we got to sort of Oxford, Bista way. Yeah. Uh, the, the fucking motorway just ground to a halt. Yeah, yeah, seen the picture. Yeah, look, look, yeah. yeah, and so like it was like that kind of like that kind of grind to the halt where you get out your car and have a wander around and like <laughs> go to the have group. a piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the like the dude in the van in front of me was out. I was out. We were just having a chat and like you know. And anyway, so we were probably stuck there for you know a good hour, and um, and there was there was you know there was ambulances and police cars and fire engines. Flying up the hard shoulder and, and what you were getting a bit of stick about your trousers, but I, I thought they looked oh, pretty cool. I, fucking prick, I, like I thought they were brilliant. Well, I'll, that's another story. I'll tell you about them in a second. So, <laughs> I anyway, I am. Um, so we, it's basically it said like the sat nav came up and it said, "You've got to fuck off at the next junction." Right. So they'd obviously closed the motorway. And they were sending people off at the next junction. And I was like, well, whatever, you know, we'll come off the next junction. You know, at least it'll speed shit up and that. Anyway, by the time we actually got to the junction, when the traffic started moving a little bit, we literally were just about to come off at the junction and the police yeah. opened the road again. So we, it allowed us to carry on. So we've driven past the junction and at the side of the road, there was two cars smashed to pieces. Oh. So there was obviously been a front and a back end smash. Oh, Inconsiderate yeah. bastards. And like, so the, the like the front end of one car was totally collapsed, and the back end of the other car was totally collapsed. So it looked like they had hit each other pretty fucking fast. And um, and then there was a there was like a, a jeep with a trailer, and the trailer was like on its side and upside down and what have you. And oh, we were like, oh, that's anyway. So they're all being pushed over to the side of the road. Anyway, when we got there. Obviously, like, you know, I was like, fuck, like, I, so I've got there at like 10 past five. So, you know, the, a, like I say, a journey that should have taken an hour and a half took basically three hours. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so we've turned up all late, like all stressed and what have you. And I've fucking got there. And I was like, where's Steve? Where's Steve? And they were like, he's not here yet. I was like, oh, fucking hell, that's all right then. So my mate, he hadn't even arrived yet. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I said, oh, I said, I'm I said, you know, I said, I was, really bad traffic said there was a big smash on the motorway and they went yeah that was the hog roast oh, oh. so they'd had a hog roast fucking for the for the for the for the food afterwards oh. yeah. and um the hog roast was in the back of the trailer that was fucking flipped over at the side of the motorway so yeah that fucked out fucked the food up no end they still had burgers and stuff like that like they could do a little bit yeah, yeah, but the main event, like the hog roast, that was totally screwed. I so that was that, but yeah, my trousers, right? So, was, <laughs> so it was predicting rain all week, right? Yeah, yeah, and I thought I don't want to wear a like I'm, I'm I am a fan of a full length trouser, trouser, and I thought I don't want to wear a full length trouser. No, no, I thought you looked great, I thought you looked very smart. I looked at that picture, I thought, bloody hell, he, he looks he looks good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so did I, thank you, George. Yeah. Anyway, so. I was looking around and I wanted so I, because I thought it was going to rain, I didn't want to get my trousers dirty. So I thought I'll get some of them three quarter length trousers. Yeah. yeah. The fashion with the kids these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and get down with the kids. Yeah. And could I fucking find a pair in Reading? Could I bollocks? <laughs> Went everywhere. 
Like, so on the on the on the on the Wednesday, I went to like on the Tuesday, and no, I was a Tuesday, went to fucking every shop in Redmond. I couldn't find of anything. And I knew I was wearing that blue shirt, and I knew I had yeah. nice blue trainers. Um, the the Adidas Lacoms with a with a, with a baby blue tongues and that. that yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was ideally looking for a pair of blue three-quarter length trousers. Anyway, I ended up going into Marxies and I saw this pair of trousers and I thought they look fucking good. And and they were like my waist size, which again is a bit of a struggle sometimes. And um, anyway, so I just thought, I tell you, I, then I just realized, I thought, well, I know what I'll do. There's a little tailors in the fucking arcade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought the trousers, which were normal length trousers, took them into the little tailors, and the little tailor took them up a few inches. And oh, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought they looked absolutely fantastic. And I thought, they, not only did they look fantastic, but I thought that my fucking idea of getting the tailor to take them up was a fantastic yeah. one. And yeah. yeah. And I put the picture up on social media and several people took the fucking piss out of me trousers. <laughs> oh, if you were one of those people, fuck you. <laughs> and, um, and then obviously the disappointment of the football. Well, let's, let's rephrase that. Super proud of uh, of, the, of 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 being, of runner being runners up, you know. Yeah, yeah. As I said in my social media, as I said in my Facebook post, you know, if 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 before the tournament had started, someone had come up and say, "I can guarantee you finish second, Yeah, yeah. You'd have fucking bitten their arm off. Yeah, you know, yeah. Final at home at Wembley, you know, great performances. Da 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 da. da. People had taken that all day long. And then, you know, obviously there's a, a certain scumbag element that's decided yeah, yeah. to, you know, uh, abuse those young lads that missed the penalties. So um, if, uh, I very much doubt anyone that listens to our podcast would be such a twat, but if you know anyone that is such a twat, please do tell them. So, yes, it's just absolutely, you know, dr- you know, anyone that's, you know, abused those poor young lads in any way. I mean, apparently they, um, what I've seen, the, the, the rare occasion that they actually get pulled in front of a court, they're, they're pretty pathetic. They, they start crying and, oh yeah, you know, yeah. Well, oh yeah, they're pretty pathetic. Can you, imagine, people, yeah. can you imagine what kind of person actually goes to the bother of, you know, writing a fucking Twitter post or, a, or an Instagram post to yeah. someone like mega famous and successful, yeah. using racial slurs, n words, and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? You're just like you're talking the lowest form of fucking scumbag that lives mm. in the mother's basement, wanking over fucking porn with Cheeto <laughs> dust, which is fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, Cheeto Cheeto dust all over their fingers and that. You know what I mean? Like just yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, absolute scum. Just the lowest. Most, most pathetic specimens of life that you've ever, ever come across. You know what I mean? Absolute virgins, you know what I mean? And just, you know, like, oh, I, I just, I, can't, I couldn't imagine being that pathetic to, to want to go and abuse someone, you know what I mean? Like, for that, you know, for that reason. You, know you see, I mean? the, the guy was caught, the, he's an estate agent. I saw that probably- and he said someone hacked his account. <laughs> yeah, they, right. they, they always say that. The older hack, my account got hacked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there was some prick for Savills, wasn't it? Yeah, I hope yeah you. that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, right. anyway, anyway, young George. Yeah. So, yes, an absolutely fantastic week for the football. Runners up, big up the England team. Love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Um, had a nice wedding, and you have got your new purchase on. So all in all, not a bad wee week for us. 
here at our Be The Zane Again podcast. And you, you're off to Ramsgate. And so next week, we will be looking forward to our yeah, yeah. on the Witherspoons. And let's see if there's anything else. So if there is anybody out there in podcast land, any of our fantastic viewers or listeners who would like to offer us any guidance, advice, tips, hints, or straight-up abuse, but yeah. you won't abuse us because you'll be like one of them pricks who are abusing the footballers. We're equally as cool as those footballers. Don't forget that. Um, <laughs> so um, you can email us on again at gmail.com. That's again at gmail.com. Please do follow us on social media or Instagram at again podcast. That's Instagram at again podcast. Please do follow us on Twitter at again. That's Twitter at Auf again. Um, please do like and share our Facebook page, Auf Wiedersehen Again podcast. And if you could, invite your friends to like the page. So if you go to the top of the page, there's some tabs. Go to the community tab, click like, uh, click invite friends, invite all, send invite, and that'll invite everyone you know to uh, like the podcast page. So that's on Facebook, Auf Wiedersehen Again podcast. Please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Search Auf Wiedersehen Again podcast, click subscribe, and then click that bell. And that will alert you to any new episodes. But if mine and George's gorgeous visages um, are not to your liking, or... I mean, they should be. You, I mean, tuning in for George's brand new Sergio Tacchini polo shirt should be exactly what... Oh, and he's got his tinny there. Fucking hell. <laughs> not messing around today. Um, so if, if, if mine and George, um, uh, you are not too pleased or enamoured with the state of our boats, you can just listen to us on all good podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and many, many more. And remember, our new episodes are released every Friday at 10 a.m. And our theme music, as always, is written and performed by Mr. Lee Dusky, the guitar man. So we please, 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 we ask you to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And remember... Our sponsor for our Vida's In Again podcast is the fantastic people of Top Gun Tattooing of number 12, the Harris Arcade in Reading. Their website is topguntattoo.co.uk and their telephone number is audible 189-968-667. And there are the two fantastic offers for the listeners and watchers of our Vida's In Again podcast. Offer number one, you can get yourself a 20% discount of any tattoo with Zach by going into the shop or you can ring them up and you can say, Zach, I listen to the podcast. I want my 20% discount. And the code word is Hadawain Shiteman. So if you contact Zach and tell him Hadawain Shiteman, then you will get 20% discount. But not only that, Remember, Zach got a dermal face, facial piercing. He's got a bit of metal in his face there. And I've told oh. him he looks like an absolute cock of the highest. <laughs> so please, 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 even if you don't want a tattoo, please just ring the shop and abuse Zach and tell him he looks like a complete cock. 
He is waiting for your call. I have told him it is going to happen. So please, if any of our listeners or watchers just fancy getting a little bit drunk and abusing a prick with some metal in his face, Zach is the one. But remember, we also have the free offer of the free, free, that's right, free Neville and Lottie tattoo for every single listener. So if you would like a free tattoo, every single listener is entitled to a free tattoo. Terms and conditions apply. They are. You have to get the Neville and Lottie tattoo on your arm. And I'm sure that I've, we've got 19 episodes left, George. That's 19 yeah. weeks. I've got 19 weeks in order to convince you to get the Neville and Lottie tattoo. Yeah, it's got to be I someone. Reckon, I reckon it's going to have. I reckon it'll happen. I reckon it'll yeah. definitely yeah. happen. So that is for all of our listeners. Um, we remember we also do our giveaway competition. So we have chosen a winner, 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 chicken, chicken dinner. dinner. So the 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 um, the uh, giveaway competition we have been running recently, and I know I do apologise to the winner of our previous competition, um, which was the uh, the picture from Arizona. I still haven't sent that out yet because I've been dead lazy. That's been like three weeks or something. But do believe, do trust me, that is going to arrive to you at some point soon. But the winner, winner, chicken dinner of this which is our current prize, which is the black and white Magnificent Seven in the Barley Moor. And the winner chosen at random, who posted on the Instagram page, is Lynn Anderson. Oh, well done, Lynn. Oh, well done, Lynn. Lynn Anderson, you are the winner, winner, chicken dinner of the black and white picture. And that will be going out to you hopefully quicker than the other one did, but we'll try and get them both sent out this week. So that means we have a new competition. And our new competition is once again a photograph, and it is the original ah. and Seven picture. So if you want to win this original signed picture, Copy um, <laughs> of the Magnificent Seven on the building site in Germany, provided to us by the fantastic Graham Teasdale. All you need to do is the same as always. I will be posting up on the social media pages the giveaway posts. And what do you need to do? You need to uh, follow us on the social media. You need to like the post. You need to tag three friends in the comments and you need to share that post. So you can either uh, share it to your Facebook page, you can retweet it on Twitter, or you can share it to your story on Instagram, and you must tag us in that story so we can see that you've shared it. So that is it. The new giveaway competition, the original signed picture, copy, of the Magnificent Seven in Dusseldorf. That is the new giveaway from our Be The Zane Again podcast. So... Those are all of the very boring bits out of the way, young George. Yeah. And we've got several cameos to speak about. Oh, yeah. Several locations to speak about. Actual, real Geordie locations. Yeah. And we have... Gets a little bit emotional at some points, don't you think, George? Oh, it certainly does. Yeah, yeah. So, it is... Um, yeah, it's... Um, this is, you know, it, it's a good, it's a bridging episode. So it's bridging us between 
Um, you know, we were we we finished up at uh, we finished up at uh, Thornley Manor, and we are on our way to Spain. But as it says at the beginning, Brenda says sometimes things don't go smoothly when mm. Annie Fraser is involved. So the. Um, this is episode 21 of the podcast, and we are breaking down uh, series two, episode eight of mm. our Peter Zane pet, which is Marjorie doesn't live here anymore. But apparently this is the favourite episode of the writers, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Dick LeClement and Lafrenne said this is their favourite ever episode, they said. Wow, well, there you go. George, again, it's a good job you're here. I definitely didn't know that. So, um, yeah, and to be honest, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it certainly has its moments. Um, mm. uh, but, uh, you know, from as it, it is, uh, like I say, me personally, I feel it is a little bit more, you know, they were trying to tug on the heartstrings a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And show us in a little bit more of a, of, of a, of a sort of more, you know, as a more favourable light rather than just, you yeah. know... Uh, but, but it had the highest um, audience figures as well. Over 16 million watched this one. Well, fuck me, George. 16 million, uh, 17,000 uh, watched well, this one. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you actually think about it, right, so back in the day, there was probably what was a popular... I mean, you know, that's basically half the... Like, probably more than half the adult population of the country. So, I mean, yeah. the population of the UK right now is, what, about 60 million? Yeah. And they must have really... They must have really got into it by now. So, they're, you know, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're following... Yeah, yeah. They're leaving the pub early to, to come home and watch it or whatever. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's... You know, that is a large amount. 16 million... I mean, you know, you just don't get that anymore, do you? I mean... Yeah, that's... 16 million, uh, 1,700,000. It looks like they've watched it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, look, there you go then. So, as you said, written by Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenier and was first broadcast on the 11th of April, 1986, to over 17 million, nearly 18 million people. Wow. So, they open up and the first, the first picture, like the first scene is right in the middle of Newcastle. Yeah. So, it is on Dean Street. So Dean Street goes down to the uh, the quayside. And mm. um, as I've said before, I when I was a kid, when I was a kid, 17, I used to work in a pub on the quayside. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is so I used to that street, Dean Street, I used to walk down that street to work. And um, so you see the camper van, it goes down Dean Street um, towards the quayside. And um, and then it cuts, and it's the time, the glorious, the yeah. glorious time bridge. Yeah, yeah. And we see Wayne's BMW heading over the time bridge, and Neville is driving the car. And Wayne says, he says, you know something, Nev? I don't think I've ever been this far north. And Neville goes, you've never been to Scotland. And, he, and I'm assuming, I'm assuming, have you ever been that far north, George? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been um, I've been up to Edinburgh as a kid, but uh, it's somewhere I want to explore. You know, sort of now, um, well, in my older years. Yeah, we my, my 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 uh, flatmate here, he's Scottish. He he goes up there quite a lot fishing and stuff. It's beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we we will hopefully 
We will hopefully be heading up to Newcastle at some point. We'll go up there yeah. together and I'll take you. We'll show you around. And yeah, I yeah. Think we'll take you to Dean Street and we'll drive over the Tyne Bridge. So he says, yeah, he says, you've never been to Scotland? He says, no, I've never seen the point. And he says, it's grand up there, man, Scotland. It's beautiful. So is Northumberland. And he goes, just round here is a bit. And Wayne says, monkey. And he says, give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they cut back to the quayside. So that is where they are. That's a famous, that's called the Aikenside Hill. Yeah, yeah. And um, so the, the, the Dennis has parked the camper van on the on Aikenside Hill. And, um, and Oz and Moxie are getting out. And obviously they're talking about, um, uh, you know, the, um, you know, Oz and Moxie are going to go to around to Oz's, you know, Marjorie's place. And, and Oz says, he says, wait, Marjorie hasn't got a, he, 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 we pick up the conversation sort of halfway through. And obviously Dennis has been questioning him about, you know, is he not going to ring Marjorie? And he says, wait, Marjorie hasn't got a phone. And Dennis just says, well, you ring me all right. He says, right, I will do, call you later. And Moxie says, draw. And Moxie questions Oz and he says, hey, Oz. He says, you're separated from Marjorie. Won't this be a bit awkward, like? <laughs> even even our Moxie is, you know, can see the, see, can see the problems about to occur. Mm. And Oz, like, total innocent, he's like, what? Like, Oz just, like... <laughs> Like, nothing's happened. <laughs> like it just as if being away for two, three years and then coming back is just the most natural thing in the world. And Moxie says, you know, just turning up on the doorstep, expecting a dos for a couple of nights, particularly with a mate tagging along. And there'll be three of us when Barry arrives. And he says, Ah, it'll be our reap, man. How are you? He says, I'll reap. He says it's only for a couple of neats anyway. I'm still the bloke what pays the rent doing for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, well, that's, that's questionable. Like, that's clearly a lie. And Moxie just goes, Oh yeah. He goes, Well, he goes, I'll read, I'll read. He goes, maybe not recently. And he, he I can't I, 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 I'm an official council tenant. Well, this year, but he's I can't I, I try I, I rewound I rewound it a few times. And I think he says, I've been a bit humpty recently. Humpty or hum, I don't know. I, I didn't hear the word he says. Something recently he says, but yes, as he as he said, George, he says, I'm still the official council tenant. And Moxie says, Did you see her when you got back from abroad? He says, No, she had the bairn over at her sister's. It's the bairn I want to see, actually. I brought him a real pucker jacket from the States. American football, <laughs> dolphins on the front and that. And Moxie says, How old is he? And he says, How old is he? he? Says, let's see. He says he was born the year Newcastle were relegated. So that'll make him 10 or 11. Aye, 10 or 11. And they go into the pub. So that pub, right? Uh, interesting fact about that. Yeah, pub. yeah, go on. So when I was 17, 18, like yeah. I, like I say, I used to work in a pub literally 50 yards round the corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that pub had, was like done out, was refurbished or whatever. And it had like this grand opening, yeah. And what they did is to promote it, they had these they had these good looking chicks outside oh, handing, yeah, yeah. handing out vouchers, right? And so what they did is they were obviously I used to work there, so I would walk past these chicks like you know like fucking ten times a week, yeah. So <laughs> and I got talking to them, and I would get a load of these vouchers, and they were just printed off vouchers for yeah. for a one it was a one pound voucher off the price of a pint. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know whose fucking idea this was, but they were really stupid. 
what they didn't realize, well, whoever printed off the voucher was obviously not in fucking contact with whoever ran the pub because there was also a point of the week when it was happy hour. So like all nearly all bars in Newcastle had happy hour. Oh, well, yeah, they used to in London as well. So they stopped it. <laughs> yeah, so it was like like from like up for like between like four o'clock and eight o'clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. And between four o'clock and eight o'clock, it was a pound a pint. Oh. So it was a pound a pint, and you had your one pound voucher. <laughs> and there was no. And these, I wonder how much that was. <laughs> and, and so these dickheads, and nowhere on the like nowhere on the voucher did it say, you know, you know, yeah. not to be used in conjunction with conjunction with, with another. Yeah. So so basically, I was like me and my mate. I used to get all these vouchers off these birds. And it even got to the point where we realised, I mean, the vouchers were just photocopies. So we then just went and photocopied. And, um, and yeah, and then we were going in and we'd just go in and me and my mate would just go in and there and sit there and get absolutely slaughtered for f absolutely fuck all money. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so that was, I can't remember the name of the pub now, what it was called. So the, there's, there was the one, like I say, it was on Aikenside Hill, and then there was the pub next door was called the Aikenside Trainers. And I used to know the doorman there. It was a guy called Naz, who was from Wall's End. Um, and, Big Naz. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah he, was, he was a unit. And, you know, again, I was like 17, you know what I mean? I used to think I was cool because I knew the doorman. And, um, and then there was the chip shop over the road. So basically, you used to, when you were on your break at work, you'd go around the chippy to get a chip butty or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, you know, that's when you'd grab all these vouchers and what have you. So yeah, yeah there, was, there was a point, there was a point in my life where that pub that Oz and Moxie go into there, yeah, all the fucking time getting slaughtered. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, free. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Anyway, so we cut to Neville's house and, um, and uh, and and uh, and Wayne's there, and yeah. Brenda. She says, "I hope you'll be warm enough in that spare room, Wayne. We don't use it much, so there's no heating." And Wayne says, "Don't go to any bother, love. I feel bad enough about landing myself here as it is." And she's and, and Neville says, "Ah, it's only for a couple of days, pet. Be I'll read and spear, eh?" And and she says, "If you ever get there," and uh, and Wayne says, "Well, we've got the off, haven't we? That's why we dragged ourselves up here to your lovely metropolis." And she goes, I know, and this is what I said before, she goes, I know, but things always don't go according to plan where Ali Fraser's concerned. And Neville says, I was still on the payroll, pet, that's what counts. Mm. So I'm wondering, is he still, are they being paid for sitting at home? It must be. I don't, I wouldn't think mm. Ali Fraser would be that keen, but. So yeah, so then Wayne says, yeah. can I borrow your bathroom, mate? I want to freshen up a bit. And he says, straight up the stairs. And Wayne goes up the stairs. Anyway, then Brenda decides, Brenda turns, her attitude changes somewhat rapidly. And she says, it's not very convenient, this, you know, Neville. And he said, what is it? And she goes, haven't we in here? And he goes, why not? And she goes, well, I've got enough to do of the hospital without coming home and cooking meals and things. And he says, you don't have to, man. We're used to looking after ourselves. Because, <laughs> well, why can't he stay at a hotel? He drives BMW, so it's not like he can't afford it. And she says, well, why didn't you tell us this last night? I phoned you last night to say, can Wayne stay? And you said, yes, fine. And he goes, she goes, well, he was standing next to you in the pub. Neville, I could hardly say anything else. So basically, Brenda's agreed to do something that she didn't want to do. Yeah, yeah. And now yeah. she's fucking giving Wayne a tongue lashing. Now, some, some people might say that that's a, a 
a fairly typical attitude of uh, some females. Uh, but not all, not all. We're not uh, this here at uh, the podcast. But yes, that has been known. So, um, anyway, he says, I'll read. He says, I'll tell him it's not convenient. And then she changes her mind again. And she says, you will not. <laughs> and he says, yeah. look, you don't have to get anything. We'll go and do in the pub and get a scotch egg for what A scotch egg. <laughs> and then she gets all posh. Did you notice she gets all posh? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. And how does that make one look? Yeah. She goes, if I can't accommodate a guest in my own house. And Neville just straight up, he goes, this is one of them arguments that neither of us can win. win. And she backs down a bit and she goes, I'm sorry, Neville. She goes, it's just that we've seen so little of each other recently and now you're off to Spain. I thought it would be nice if we could have a couple of days on our own. And he says, look, I've been thinking, if the money is as good as they say, I'll fly you and Debs out there towards the end of the job. Give you a little bit of a break and a bit of sunshine, eh? She kind of cheers up a bit then, doesn't she? she yeah. Well, George, the, the promise of a the promise of a foreign holiday would put a smile on anybody's face, wouldn't you agree? And uh, and she goes, really? And he goes, way high. You deserve it, man. And she goes, very tempting. But what would the lads say? And he goes, I'd even give a toss what the lads would say, Brenda. Kipping doing with that lot every night is not my idea of fun. And she says it seems a bit extravagant. I mean, we all, I mean, I wonder, is we if is we not better off doing up the spare room? Anyway, we cut to Oz and Moxie, who are in a taxi, and they're obviously on the way to Oz's house. Now, <laughs> so where they where they get out of this taxi. Oh, it looks a bit, looks a bit uh, desolate there. It looks a bit rough. George, you could not be more accurate. So this is a Greenfed Road, um, and that is, and the and the block of flats is called Wardropper House, which is in a, which is in the east end of Newcastle, in a place called Walker. And I mean, you know, back in the eighties, that was that that particular area was one of the most deprived areas of New Jesus. Yeah, well, it, I must say, it did look it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, no no disrespect to any of our readers from, any of our listeners from Walker, yeah. but it was rough as a monkey's Is it still there? Is it still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've never, I haven't been there for many, many years. Ooh. I remember when we were kids, I was talking about this to my mother earlier. Because um, I was asking her some advice about something which we're going to talk about later. Yeah. I was speaking to my mother early, and it's my mother's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday! Happy birthday, my mother. Anyway, so um, we, uh, I remember when we were kids, there was there was the tall ships race came to Newcastle, and obviously, you know, it was a big thing that you know you could go down. Everyone wanted to go down onto the riverside and watch it. So, we, like, there was one particular area. So my mother used to work as a school teacher in Walker, um, yeah. and um, they, she was set, she basically someone told her that you could go to this place that was very near the river and get a good view of the boats. And this particular place happened to be Pottery Bank in Walker, and like Pottery Bank is like fucking. I mean, like what? I mean, like one of the roughest areas in Newcastle. You know what I mean? <laughs> Proper fucking like rough, and um, I mean, when, when I think of Newcastle, to be honest with you, the first thing I think of is get Carter, you know, <laughs> and that, that is it, you know. <laughs> well, 
my mother will tell you a story. So in Get Carter, there is, when he gets off the train and he goes into the pub. Yeah, in a straight glass. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a real pub. Well, that was a real pub. That was the yes. original Yeatsy's Wine Lodge in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. And my mother tells this story about there was a fella, she, they used to go in there on work dues, right? And I mean, apparently it was like full of brasses and fucking yeah, 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 criminals yeah. and fucking what have you. And um, apparently like all the brasses used to be like a bit fucking shady, like with, yeah. a, like with any of the fucking women that were coming in there, thinking, yeah, yeah. Fucking, you know, treading on their toes and whatever. Until like me, so like my mother and all her school teacher mates would go in this fucking bar. And once they realised there were a group of school teachers, the brasses were all right. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. then there was a bit of friction between the brasses and the school teachers. I'm like, uh, anyway, she told me this story. Apparently there was a guy that used to go in there, had this like sheepskin coat. And yeah. like, it was older than fucking God's dog, this sheepskin coat. And yeah, yeah. he was filthy, this geezer, you know, he was obviously like, you know, whether he was just a, a dirty fellow or a manual worker, but like apparently, so like the pockets of the sheepskin coat, where this geezer walked around with his hands in his pockets all the time. Yeah. Black, like around the edge of the pocket was just black. Oh. You know I mean? with filth and grease and dirt and whatever. And apparently one night somebody tripped over and spilt a pint and it landed in this and it went into the bloke's pocket and didn't come out. Oh. Like, apparently, <laughs> like the inside of the pocket was that covered in grease and grime and filth oh. that it was watertight. And so someone's fucking spilt this pint into his pocket and the pint was just <laughs> scared in the pocket. Uh, that's Yeti's Wayne Lodge. Well, I, I also read the uh, in the scene in Get Carter in the pub where the two women fight. That's real. They, they, they just let it go on. If you yeah. remember, she pulled her hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, they, that was a real fight. They, they, just, they just kept it in, you know. Yeah, well, apparently, they, like I say, the, um, it was... Um, it was a pretty fucking rough old boozer. I mean, we're talking, this was, you know, in the fucking, you know, my mother used to go there like in the 80s, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But I mean, obviously Get Caught, I was filmed, what, in the 70s, wasn't it? Or even the 60s? I think, uh, yeah, maybe early 70s, yeah, yeah. It's one of my fav favourite films, it's a brilliant film. You're a big man, but you're out of shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're out of shape, yeah. So anyway, getting back, so like I say, so the taxi pulls up, it's in Greenford Road, which is in which is in Newcastle. It's in Walker. It's in the East End of Newcastle. Yeah, in a proper mm. rough kiss me area, uh, kiss me horse area. Now, they actually do try and they do say that it's in Gateshead. They mention that Oz's flats in Gateshead. Mm. This isn't in Gateshead. This is in Newcastle. So they get out the taxi. You know, um, you know the Moxie's like you know the cheers mate and Oz's. What's the damage? And he says it's three quid, and he gives them three pound fifty. Says there's three and a half. And the um, and he so he says tar, and then um, the Moxie. I don't know whether he's taking a piss or whether he's he's from a worse area in Liverpool. He goes and he looks mm. up. And he goes very nice. What floor are you on? And he goes the fourth. And he goes nice view. Then he goes oh, I <laughs> he goes at night. You know, he says when you're standing on the balcony with your Marti with your martini tumbler, clocking all the twinkling lights down below, you could Vaughn I be in Manhattan as long as you keep your eyes shut, like. And if you notice. When they walk through the estate, there's somebody hanging out of the window, like watching right. what's going on. All right, right. Yeah, you know, you've got to realise, you know, when they were filming this, these people were by then, by then, they were mega famous, weren't they? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, they'll, have, they'll have been, you know, 
they probably you know they probably didn't want anyone sticking their head out the window but they probably yeah. like you know like at the, at the very first episode when they were all lying in the streets in in the big market and that yeah anyway so they cut to the door of the flat and so the actual door of that flat that's in nottingham it's not in newcastle mm. so that is it's called mansfield was it mansfield court or mansfield mm. house Something Number 23, I think. Yeah, and it's in Nottingham. Um, so, um, I don't know why he says, home sweet home, and then he pulls a bag of things out. He goes, do you want a lozenge? I don't know where he's got the lozenges from. And <laughs> goes, yeah, great. So anyway, they, they walk, he opens the door with a key, he walks in and they enter the living room and there's a, there's a man sat there. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, and he says to Oz, he says, who the hell are you? And Oz laughs. <laughs> he goes, who am I? Hey, Douglas. <laughs> Douglas. He goes, who am I? He goes, who are you? He goes, who, he goes, who are you more like it? He goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, who are you more like it? I think that's it, isn't it? He goes, your feet under the table quick enough. I, your feet under the table quick enough. Oz hasn't been there in two years, two, three years. <laughs> hasn't been there in three years. And he says, your, he's at, your feet are under the table quick enough. Aye. He says, didn't he look in? He goes, he goes, uh, and then he says, look at this, 26-inch pie. You can't see pay for that, did you? Now, obviously, <laughs> he's confused the bloke. The bloke thinks he's a bailiff now, he can't. Now, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be a couple of weeks behind with the payments, but that does not give you the right to barge in here as if you own the place. And then Oz again laughs. He says, oh, I, he says, I do own the place, actually. Mind, I hardly recognise it. Like, you've done a nice job with the decorating. So you've been very complimentary there, Oz, about the decorating mm. job. And the bloke says, do you mind telling me who you are? And again, Oz laughs. He thinks it's hilarious. He goes, how I am? He goes, ask the last man. She'll tell you who I am. And so then now, your bloke here reckons that his bird's been... He's now getting no, paranoid no. ideals that his Doris... Has been uh, has been playing away, and he goes, "Oh, will she?" And he goes, "Yes, she will, she will she." And he says, "Gene, get yourself in here." And Oscans, who's Gene? Anyway, Gene walks in, and Moxie says, "Hello." So, Mister Knees Welsh. Exactly. So let's just take a break for the second. So the two people that we are currently looking at. Oh, so the bloke, Douglas. Donald McBride. Played by Donald McBride. Spender, oh. crocodile shoes. Yeah. There you are. There. George, you are 100% correct there. Not the most prolific actor, but 20 credits. Casualty, Spender, The Bill, Harry with uh, Michael Elphick, Crocodile Shoes, Emmerdale and Biker Grove. And he, he was actually, he, well... It said on Biker Grove that he played one character, and he also was the was the the uh, casting director as well. So I think he's obviously you know does a lot of stuff behind the scenes anyway. So yeah, so that was him and his good lady wife yeah, yeah. is the fantastic proper Geordie Denise Welsh. Mm. So you know she's the uh, she's the goddaughter of Ian Lafrenet. Oh, is she? Yeah. Fuck, man. George, you're you're coming out with some absolute crackers. <laughs> you, I've, li I've little to do here. <laughs> you've had some absolute corkers today, mate. You're on fire. Well, she was, she was married to Tim Healy. 
yes, yes. Two, she two was, kids, I think. One or two kids. She was Healy's yeah. wife at some point. And she has 43 credits on IMDb, including Biker Grove. She was Spender's wife in Spender, so she had a big part in Spender. Mm. Um, she was in Harry with Michael Elphick. She also had a big part in Soldier, Soldier. She yeah. was in 367 episodes of Coronation Street. Yeah. She was in The Bill. She was a big thing in Waterloo Road. I never watched that, but that was... No, neither did I. <laughs> Bet She was in Benidorm, Casualty, Holby City, EastEnders, Doctors, and she's currently been in 42 episodes of Hollyoaks. And she's recently uh, fallen out with Piers Morgan quite a lot. Well, that's easy to do. He's a bit of a prick. So, yeah. but however, not only that, not only has she got 43 credits as an actress on IMDb, she has 93 credits for being herself. And that includes... On, on Loose Women, yeah. She, well, do you know how many episodes of Loose Women she's done? How many? Yeah. Have, a, have a rough guess. Oh, I, don't, I don't really watch it, but... Uh, oh. I, I mean, I, I couldn't even guess. Go, go on, tell me. 676 yeah. episodes of Loose Women. I mean, she's been on, like, every fucking game show. Well, she, she, she's like the perfect panellist because she, she doesn't come backward at coming forwards and she Ooh. likes to say things. So she, she's yeah. the perfect one. So she was on... So that's so those self ninety three credits. She's obviously been on a lot of stuff like um, you know game shows and and you know ch you know celebrity game shows. Mm. And she's also been on dancing. Uh, was it dancing on ice or was it one of those? Or was she? Oh God, it, didn't watch that. Yeah. One of them. She was on Celebrity Big Brother. Um, you know she. I tell you what, she has done a hell of a lot. Yeah. And but, she's been through a lot of personal issues as well, hasn't yeah, she? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, I mean, most people have, but she just happens to be one of them people that fucking broadcasts it across the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you remember on Big Brother when she was in the hot tub with her tits, with her tits out and everything? Yeah, <laughs> oh, she, I don't, don't remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, you're saying not backwards and coming forwards, mate. In more ways than one. Oh, I'm sure she she got must have a big pair of a uh, big pair of tits. I, I mean, I can't bring them. I mean, I'll leave. I'll tell you what, George. I'll leave that up to you to Google. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll Google that one later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some, there's, there's a little bit of research and homework for you. To go <laughs> I expect, I expect a picture in my WhatsApp inbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find later on this afternoon. So, like I say, cameos. The like I say, Denise Welsh. So she had a very small part in this. It was one of her very, very early jobs. Um, and um, yeah, so, so Denise Welsh enters and she says, "Oh, I'm sorry." I didn't know we had company. And the blokes, he says, so this is what goes on, is it? When I'm on the back. <laughs> and she's like, what goes on? He goes, I wasn't born yesterday. This bloke's even got his own key. And then Oz steps in. He says, hold on, hold on. I think there's been a bit of a mix up here. He says, he says, uh, yes. He says, um, he says, do you, it says, you live here now, do you? And, and, he, and, and he says, what does it look like? And he says, ah, well, you see, the last time I lived in Newcastle, this was my gaff, see? So I just naturally assumed my wife and my kid would still be here. And he, and he goes, oh, and he, and he says, aye, Osborne, does that ring a bell? Osborne, my wife's called Marjorie. 
And she says, that's right. That was the name of the previous tenant, Douglas. And he, he says, there you go. Says, in fact, and she says, in fact, there's a lot of mail, a lot of post here for her. And he says, did she leave a forward and address or out like that? And says, no. And Moxie says, Oz. And he goes, what? And he goes, I reckon we should go and find somewhere else to dust tonight. And Oz says, I'm not interested in finding somewhere to dust when I'm interested in finding me kid. And, 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 uh, and, and Douglas says, I suggest you ask the neighbours and I'll have that key if you don't mind. <laughs> I love his, I love Douglas's tone. It's just great, isn't it? I well, mean, I mean, yeah, he's great. Be a bit shirty, wouldn't you? If someone had just bowled in your gaff. Um. Anyway, so they cut to um, Neville's house and the exterior of Neville's house. That is uh, again another a real house in Newcastle. It is in Biker. And um, hold on, let me just go back in my notes here. I did write it down. So. Well, yes, um, yeah, Nev's, it's in a, a street called Beresford Gardens in Whitehall. Ah. So there you go. So that's Neville's house. Um, and um, so they are, um, no, yes, yeah, so Neville is in bed with his beautiful yeah. young Brenda. Yeah, with um, rather nice breasts. Yeah, and um, and he's trying to uh, have himself a little bit of a little bit of fun times with his beautiful wife, but unfortunately, she is none too impressed be because Wayne's there, and she says, "No, Neville, not here." And he goes, "What?" And she goes, "It's not the right place." And he goes, "In our bed, in our house, at night." <laughs> Where would you rather do it at the squash? <laughs> the squash club. <laughs> and uh, he keeps giving her a dig about that, doesn't he, all the time? And he, and he, and uh, and, he, and he, yeah, well, that's it, yeah, because she was playing squash, or was it badminton with doctors? Anyway, she goes, Wayne's here, and he goes, well, what's that got to do with Wayne? She goes, I'm not doing it with him in the house, and he goes, why not? And she goes, because he'll hear her, and he goes, I, he goes, he'll not hear us, and she goes. And then you can hear, in, he's in the bathroom and you can hear him gargling. And she goes, well, we can hear him gargling. So he'll certainly hear us. Well, he can, uh, well, and, 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 well, he can hear her. And she's just not, not, not at all game for fucking getting it on while Wayne's in the house. And Neville straight away says, if you mentioned this last night, I certainly wouldn't have asked him to stay. And she goes, well, you should have thought it through. She goes, oh, Neville, it's just too inhibiting. And, she, and he says, well, you never used to say that before we were married when I used to come round your parents' place. She goes, that was different. My parents went to bed very early and they were sound sleepers. Mm -hmm. And you used to have Match of the Day on full volume. And you used to watch it. Watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dig coming in there. And um, Neville says, Wayne will not be listening, man. That Sony Walkman never leaves his ears. I mean, how's he going to hear us with Twisted Sister blasting into his brain cells and she's like he might and he's not man and, she, and then he, he makes the mistake yeah he says it's not like we're noisy Bren it's not as if you're a screamer she goes <laughs> and he goes well you're not like one of them frenzied females you hear about you know that scream and shout and bark and she screams bark do you want us to bark and he goes shh Brenda we'll hear us so he's hoisted by his own petard there so, 
they cut and we see Den and his, with the girlfriend with Den's with his Dennis's with his new girlfriend who we find out is Christine mm. now let us just take a pause there one second while we go back another cameo yes so, a famous wife a wife of the uh, cast so yes so Dennis is in the car with Christine. It was played by Madeline Newton. Newton. Madeline yeah. Newton is married to Kevin Whiteley. So yes, this is Kevin Whiteley's wife. Now she's not again not the most prolific actor on IMDb. She has seventeen credits. Oh, she, However, was in, she, she was in when the boat comes in. There one you of my favourite. You're my on favourite. You're on fucking fire today. That's one of my favourite seventies shows. I, I yep. loved it. I watched it all the time. Well, she was in 30 episodes, which yeah. was probably all of them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she, she was a main character in that. She was yeah. brilliant. And she got married to the main guy as well. Yeah, I, yeah. Again, oh, I she never, was fantastic. Yeah, I never yeah. watched it. It was, I mean, it was, it, oh, was, it was in 70. I did. <laughs> it was in 76. I was, that was the year. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I watched, I've actually, this probably sounds a bit sad, but I, I've actually re-watched the whole series from beginning to end. I mean, it's just such a good series. Well, it's fantastic. You know I might I might even try and acquire that and have a look at it. Bit of, bit yeah, of yeah. heritage there. So, yes, she was when the book. Now, there was also a thing that my mother was desperate for me to watch, uh, desperate for me to mention this. So, she... She, she was in Boone as well. <laughs> she was in Boone. However, there was a thing that her and Kevin Waitley were in again which was uh, like an educational programme. It was part of the Luke, the Luke and Reed series that they used to basically, ah. what they used to do is they used to have a book and they would get these, you know, it was like a TV programme and a book and they would get, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Book. and there was one called Geordie Racer and there was 10 episodes, this one called Geordie Racer and it was about race, a race and pigeon in Newcastle. Ah. And um, it was... One of those things that, you know, like, like I say, my mother was a school teacher and she, um, you know, had to do this at school with her oh, okay. school. So what they would do is they would like they would either watch, the, you know, they would read a bit of the book and then they would watch the TV. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. TV. She, she was in Inspector Morse as well. She's done a couple of episodes yeah. of that. I think. Inspector Morse, Boone, Coronation Street and Grange Hill. Yeah. But yes. Madeline Newton, Kevin Waitley's wife, and they've got two children. Together. So, obviously, they pull up and um, she goes, thank you for a lovely evening. And Dennis is saying, Dennis Dennis wants to get a bit of action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis is I'll blame him there. Yeah. He, goes, he goes, it's not over yet, is it? And she goes, oh, come on, Dennis. And I, what I think she says, again, I tried, uh, I'm sure she says, you hate dancing. So I think she's sort of being a bit sarcastic. Dennis mm. is trying to say it's not over yet, coming in for a shag kind of thing. And she says, oh, but you're going to take me dancing. You hate dancing. And he goes, I know that, but I thought you could come inside and, you know, I could show you my favourite bits of Love Me Tender. That's all. Quality mm. chat up line there, Dennis. And she goes, oh, I don't think so. I've got to be up early in the morning for work. And he says it's only half past 11. And she says it's not just that. And she's obviously talking about the fact that Dennis lives with his sister. And he says, don't worry about our Norma. He says, I'll tell you what, I'll take her down to the cellar and chain her up against her will. Her chain her up against the wall. Eh? 
And she goes, okay, but you know what I mean, though? It's her house. I've just, I just don't want, I just don't feel very comfortable, that's all. And he says, it's, and he says, it's, I just haven't seen you for ages. And I'm off to Spain in a couple of days. I just thought we could have a chat. It's now he's like, oh, I just want to have a chat. A chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, and then, and it works. And his, his, his little wily ways work. And she goes, well, perhaps a coffee. (laughs) So he says, great. And then he starts to undo a seatbelt and he's trying to get a bit touchy feely in the car. And then all of a sudden, she screams, ah, and she goes, two horrible men. And she's right, it is two horrible men because it's Oz and Moxie. <laughs> and, um, and Oz says, any chance of a cutter? And you can see the look on Dennis's face. Dennis has gone from just about to get a bit of action with a hot bird to having Oz and Moxie lurking around his gaff. So they go into the house. They go into Norma's house. And obviously everyone's being quiet and whispering apart from Oz. <laughs> Shouting. <laughs> as we expect. And Dennis is whispering. He says, you know, just put that down. And Oz kicks the fucking door. And he says, shh. And then Oz drops his bags really loud and screams at the top of his voice, who's the tart in the car? <laughs> and he says, shh, just keep your voice down. My sister's asleep. Get in there. And uh, Moxie says, I hope we didn't sabotage any romantic tete-a-tete. And he says, well, you didn't help. And I says, who was she saying? The tart in the car. You know, the, that's his new girlfriend, the tart in the car. In the car, yeah. And he just says, nobody you know. And he goes, well, obviously. He says, if I knew who, if she was, I wouldn't be asking who she was, would I? And he says, the Carla Christine. And uh, Moxie says, she had a very nice motor. And... Um, and Oz says, where's your last keep our glasses then? And he picks up a bottle of whiskey off the side. <laughs> Get the fire on, Moxie. And Moxie says, nice house. And, uh, and Oz says, ooh, lovely eye. says, that's drill on, I think, talking about the sofa. Mm. And, um, and so Dennis says, so what do I owe the dubious pleasure of your company to then? And Oz says, hey, Dennis, he goes, I happen to have had a particularly fraught day today. I'll tell you. He says, well, he can tell you. Tell him what sort of day I've had today, Moxie. Mm -hmm. Just turns around and he goes, particularly fraught, Dennis. (laughs) And uh, and he goes, well, why was that? Was the Portland shut for renovations, was it? And Oz goes, ha, ha, ha. And and Moxie straight away starts spilling the beans. He goes, no, it is Marjorie. She's done a runner. And he goes, what are you talking about? And Oz says, well... What is he talking about? What's he talking about? What's he, what he's talking about is, you know, May flat, May home, Gans run there, and Marjorie doesn't live there anymore. Is there, is there, I think there's a bit of a connection, isn't there, with uh, Jimmy Now released a song, didn't he, in 85, uh, Love Don't Live Here Anymore. There you go, George. Oh, I tell you what, you're, you're full of them today, George. Yes. <laughs> so... Jimmy Neal sang a sang the song, which was it? A, was it? I don't think it was an original. Was it a cover? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think it was a cover. Yeah, but it, yeah. it was a, it was a hit. It was top ten. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like you know, people forget how big Jimmy Neal was. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. remember the song "She's Lying." I don't not know about yeah. else. Oh, I love that. She's lying. That yeah, gets it, my Alexa. I hit that on Alexa many a time. Yeah, oh, hey, George. Yeah, well, they used to have it on the jukebox in this pub. Back when I was back when I was a pisshead, there was a pub in town. Me and yeah. me used to drink in the sun, 
and uh, it used to be on the jukebox and they would fucking hate it because as soon as I had a few drinks, I'd go and put loads of <laughs> put all the Jimmy Nails. Well, on. I'm still a pisshead and I still play it. <laughs> so, um, and he says, you know, so yes, you, you you're correct. So he said, so the, the the title of the title of the the title of the um, the the episode. Marjorie doesn't live here anymore. Yeah, because this was 86. He had the hit in 85, yeah. didn't he? So, yeah. so, you know, love don't live here anymore. Marjorie doesn't live here anymore. And they repeat the line, Marjorie doesn't live here anymore. Yeah. It's repeated quite a few times in this it episode, is. isn't it? It is. Or, like, um, you know, more or less. So, yeah, um, um, George, you're on fire today with your links. So, <laughs> that's it. So, he says, he says, my home, he says, Ganroon there today, and Marjorie doesn't live there anymore. And he says, did you try our mother? She must know. And he goes, aye, she knows. She knows the mother. Not tell me, though, would she? And Moxie goes, no. She said, Marjorie's got a chance to do better, to better herself. Now, you know, improve her life. Life after Oz's years of neglect. Bollocks in it all up. <laughs> and he's like, and, he's, and, Mo, and Oz starts getting a bit, he's, he's got, you know, he doesn't like to have his fault pointed out. He's like, I'll read, Moxie, I'll read. And Moxie continues and he says, she doesn't want him showing up at this point in time and bollocks in the door. <laughs> and he goes, I'll reap, Moxie, I'll reap, man, Moxie. We didn't need the whole nine yards, thank you. And he says, look, I'm not bothered about them. I just want to be sure my Ben's taken care of, that's all. And Dennis is straight to the point. He says, it's a bit late in the day for that, isn't it? And he goes, what's that supposed to mean? He goes, well, you've hardly been the doting parent, have you? And Oz tries to be offended. He goes, well, I've been abroad, haven't I? I've been working for the Ben's future. I mean, like, I've been working for the Ben's future. We all yeah, yeah, yeah. spunked every single penny that he's <laughs> ever had. And Dennis just says, look, Oz, when you came back from the States, you came up here, but you mustn't have gone near that flat because you would have found all that out then. And Oz says, well, that's where you're wrong, Dennis. I'd only been back four hours, hadn't I? So I was still, I was still in the Portland. Then I bumped into Eddie Huggins and Eddie I, Huggins. <laughs> was was <laughs> and he goes, and I was telling us that their lass had told him that War Lass had went to stay in Blackpool with her lass. And they dragged the bands out of there. So I had to doss at my mother's that neat. And then the next mount morning, I seen ye. And ye told us about the job and where you know the rest it's history. And he says, Well, look, tomorrow you can go to talk to Marjorie. And, uh, and you go to talk to Marjorie's friends or go to that place where she used to work. And he says, not the more I'm worried about Dennis Tanit. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, I need somewhere to keep, don't we? Well, I promised Moxie. And he goes, you don't mean here. He goes, look, you kind of have promised to put a bum on my And he goes, and I was like, a couple of neats. He goes, I just, uh, you know, just the neat, that would be all right. And he goes, well, why don't you go to your mother's? He goes, me mother's, he goes, it's 11 o'clock at night. I can't knock her up. At this time, she'll be, she's born I 71 years of age. Mm. And he says, you should have thought about that before the pub shut, shouldn't you? And then there's the bang on the floor, the ceiling. Like, Norma's obviously not happy. And he goes, and he's talking about his mother. And he goes, I haven't even got her a present. So they said, they cut to the next morning and, mm. um, and Oz... In, in the pants, in the pants. <laughs> He's doing a bit of scratching as well, it looks like. Oh, he does a quality... I'm glad you noticed that, George. He does a fantastic bit of bollock scratching. 
<laughs> he, did, he, did his, he did his usual outfit. He's got his Y fronts and his vest on. I think that's the same pants from Germany, isn't it? It looks very like very likely, very likely. And they talk the open universities on the telly, and they're talking, and he says they never had an open university when we were kids, did we? This is Moxie, secondary modern for us. Was it with oh, the wind? I'll tell you what, I, I can remember that. I can remember that. That what? was the only thing on the TV at sort of five, six. Oh, in the yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember it was, yeah, it was you get up on a Saturday morning and it was before the kid. Yeah. You got There'd up, be some uh, bastard in a in a sort of long hair and a, a beard and, and pointing at things. Oh. And like, with them leather patches on the fucking yeah, yeah. Oh. jacket and that talking about physics or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was, um, you know, I remember if you woke up too early on a Saturday or a Sunday morning yeah. and you went downstairs to before the cartoon started, it yeah. was like the fucking open university, wasn't it? Mm. And um, and so Moxie says, you know, the wind coming in through the broken windows, teachers who didn't give a toss if you got all levels of postal. And he said, and Oz claims he has victims of the system, Moxie. And he put up Moxie says, oh yeah, nowadays though, I mean, you can get up, and get up, Stick the telly on, uh, stick the kettle on, sit in front of the telly, and four years later, they give you a degree in physics. Great. And, and, he, and I says, says, I think it's a bit more in, bit more to it than that, you know. I mean, you know, getting up at six o'clock in the morning to watch this sort of thing is not easy, is it? You know, Oz, he sort of, he, you think he's going to say one thing, and he says something, he says, oh, I think there's a bit more to it than that. <laughs> like, you know, you're, you think he's going to be like, well, you've got to study and buy the books and da 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 and he goes, well, getting up at six o'clock in the morning is not easy, is it? And Moxie just goes, true. And um, and then he says, what happens if the old man, he says, is on the something. I don't, like, I couldn't hear that word. And he goes, and they keep repossessing the telly. Your learning's cattle truck then, isn't it? Using that copy rhyming slang again, cattle truck. And, um, and, and he says, uh, and, and Moxie says, oh, yeah, he says, it's education, though. He says, that's the key, isn't it? He says, you tell your kid that when you find him. And he says, oh, I will, do." He says, it's the chip, you know, that's what's done all this, the silicone chip. Silicon chip, yeah. He goes, it's transformed the whole life as we know it, the chip. And that's when we see the fucking bollock scratch. And it's like a one-fingered bollock scratch. He sort of oh. slips, his, slips his middle finger into his Y front and gives his fucking nutsack a good old scratch with the old middle finger there. Boy, a quality bit of scratching of the bollocks there, Oz. <laughs> and, um, and he says, technology, industry, manning levels. And Moxie says, don't they also make women's tits bigger? <laughs> he says, oh, he says, it's got loads of different applications. Then the door opens and, and Moxie says, who's that? And Norma enters. And you can see that Norma's not happy with having Moxie. I mean, well, As he wouldn't be. Yeah. Anybody. Would anybody be happy with fucking with uh, with Norma and uh, with their Oz and Moxie on the sofa? And he says, "Morning." And she goes, "I see you found yourself some breakfast." And he says, "Oh, I." He says, "Well, we'll replace it, you know." And Moxie says, "Where's Dennis?" And she goes, "He's with Ali Fraser." And he said, and Moxie says, "Oh, I thought you'd have gone to work." And she goes, "I've been on the trail of his Marjorie." And he goes, oh, well, that's not your job, uh, Petman. He goes, I'll, I'll get on to it once I've had a wash and a shave and that. She goes, well, if you'd like to know, your rod is at Walker Street School. And if you could possibly get yourself together by about four o'clock, you might just be able to see him. So Walker Street School. 
There, yeah. my mother used to be a teacher in Walker. Oh, a, bloody hell! Okay, yeah. a school called Warrior Street School. There is no yeah. street school, but there is a Warrior Street School, which you know, uh, is is it uh, is it definitely supposed to be that? No, but I'm going to say it's a similar one. Yeah, yeah. The actual school, unfortunately, the school itself isn't in Newcastle. That school is a location in Nottingham, and it is. Round Hill Primary School in Nottingham. Ah. And we see for the first time young Rod. 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 Um, he wasn't a, he wasn't a, he didn't continue a lot of acting. Um, this was like a sort of one and only four A. And he is yeah. on Twitter. And I did send him a I did try and send him a message. Yeah, I remember you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't posted on Twitter for about three or four years. And he lives in Edinburgh, apparently. But yeah, so we did try and get Rod on as a guest, but that, mm. that didn't happen. So Rod comes out to school. However, a little bit of a secret here. He's not mm. the only Rod that we might get on as a guest here, George. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But Let's not say too much about that. No, no, no. Let's, keep, let's keep that stump. So Rod comes out to school and, and Oz screams, Rod, Rod. And he's like, Dad, and he goes, hello, son, you all right? And we, we, we see the softer side of Oz coming out. Oz yeah, is yeah. pleased to see him. Um, you know, granted, he's not been the greatest, you know, attentive father all of these years. But he's, uh, you know, he, he, seems, he seems pretty happy uh, to see his son. And he says, uh, and he says, you're shooting up, aren't you? And he goes, I wouldn't now. And he goes, well, look, come round. I've got a present for you. Come round the gate. And he says, uh, and he, so he's got the jacket. And he says, I didn't know if it would fit you like. He says, I didn't realise you'd be so big. Try it on. He says, this is a pucker American pucker. jacket <laughs> from America. And he goes, I know. And he goes, you know. And he goes, he goes, Miami Dolphins. He goes, I. He goes, won the Super Bowl. He goes, wish you'd got us the Steelers. And he goes, what for? And he goes, well, I support them. And he goes, I didn't even know you'd have heard of them. And he goes, I, Channel 4, every weekend. Favorite. You know, I, I can remember this being shown on Channel 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I had no interest in it, but... Well, I, to be honest, I, did, I was a big... I used to be a big Washington Redskins fan. Ah. Well. To be honest, I'm one of them people that, you know, look, it is what it is, American football. I, I take the piss out of the Yanks, right? Yeah. Every opportunity, because well, they're Yanks. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's not casting aspersions in the one percent of listeners and viewers that we have in America. Um, mm. But any when when Americans start talking about American football being the greatest sport in the world, yeah, I yeah. always turn around and say it's not a real sport. Mm. And they go, "What do you mean it's not a real sport?" I go, "Well, it doesn't have a world championship." I said, "You can only be a sport if you've got a world championship." And the fact that you're the only pricks that play it means that there's no world championship and therefore it's not a real sport. It's a, it's a pastime or a game at best. Mm -hmm. And they wear a lot of padding as well, don't they? Yeah. Not, like, not like our rugby players. Yeah. But, so I do take the pace, but I, I, I used to quite like, I was a big fan of the Washington Redskins as a kid, but I, I am also one of those people that I believe that, that you know, you get those, there's, there's some people out there that they, they're like, I don't watch football or, or rugby. I only watch American football. Like, yeah. they fucking suck Yanks off. So, like, they, you know them people that, like, they're born in Slough. 
but they really want to be American for some reason. <laughs> yeah. they go around wearing the American football journey, like jersey and baseball and that. And like they're like, I love baseball and American football, and they go to they go to America on holiday all the time. And you're like, you're not American. Yeah, from Slough. Stop being a fucking bellend. Yeah, I hear yeah. that kind of pricks. Anyway. Anyway. So, he says, I, Channel 4, every weekend, my favourite sport. And he says, what's happened to Newcastle United? And he goes, they're rubbish. Which was true back in the day, and still is, really. And he says, well, he says, that's all right. Anyway, he says, look. He says, and now we haven't seen each other for a while, like, but uh, do you want an ice cream or something? And he says, no, I've got to catch a bus home. And, um, and he says, what, does your man not come to meet you at the gates? And he says, I'm 10, Dad. I mean, 10. Can you imagine? I mean, like, <laughs> I, like, I was walking to school and getting the bus to school all my life. But, you know, like, I couldn't imagine letting my like, kid, I mean, my kid's 18 nearly now. Mm. I couldn't imagine letting him fucking go to school on his own when he was 10. Jesus yeah. Christ. I would have fucking been having heart attacks. <laughs> anyway, he says, all right. I he says, of course. He says, well, how are you? He says, let's get you to the bus. And um, and he says, I he says, my mom doesn't get out the tab factory till five. Um, and he says, oh, where are you living now? And he says, Fenham. That's like the west, that's, that's the west end of Newcastle, which is near mm. where, where I'm from. And um, and he says, Sandro's house. And he goes, mm. Sandro, and he goes, the bloke we're living with, he's Italian. He says, oh, is he? He says, well, look, he says, and I haven't seen much of us for the last couple of years. But there's reasons for that. I've got a gang grafting abroad, you know, because there's no work run here. And well, you see me and your mother, and he goes, don't like each other. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah. he says, it's not that. He says, it's just that, you know, well, grown-ups tend to have their ups and doons. And she, <laughs> and he goes, well, she doesn't like ye. And he uh -huh. goes, well, I'll read Sonny guns, that is maybe, but uh, that doesn't mean that I don't like you. You know, and he says, that mean, that doesn't mean that I don't love ye. So from now on, me, he, say, he says, me, he says, we, he says, was, he says, from now on, was going to be seeing a lot more of each other. I'll read. And Rod says, he says, aye. He says, you'll have to be quick. He says, we're going to live in Italy from next month. Uh -huh. oh. oh, dropped the bomb that they're going away. So we, um, we cut back to, to Neville's house. And Wayne is on the phone to Krista. Mm, the lovely Krista. Yes. Who again, if anyone knows the lovely Krista, please tell her to reply to the uh, to the yeah. Instagram. Yeah, I was looking, I was looking at her Instagram today. She was posting some pictures. Yeah. The beautiful Krista, don't turn me into a stalker and get her to reply to messages. <laughs> anyway, so. Wayne, he said, he's talking in the phone. He says, no, I can't give you a number. I'm in the north of England, aren't I? He said, look, this, and, 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 and he's like, all right, if you can't, you can't. Okay, give me love to your folks. And he puts the phone down. And Brenda says, hello, Wayne, did Neville get you some lunch? And he says, yeah, we said a cottage pie with Debbie. He says, where is Neville? And he says, he's taking her down the park. She's a lovely kid. And she says, yeah, you fancy some tea? And he says, if you're making so many, and he, and he says, here, look, and he gives her a tenner, I think. And he says, I used that. I used the phone that should cover it. And she goes, I'm sure that's too much. Way. And he goes, well, I did rabbit on a bit. And it was to Germany. She goes, phone your wife for you. Neville said she was in Germany visiting the family. And he goes, yeah. 
And she goes, fancy some toast, I'm starving. And he said, and and he and he, he starts spilling his guts. He says, mm. Well, actually, Krista isn't visiting her parents. She's gone back there and she's pregnant. Oh. So um and, she, and Brenda says, that's wonderful. And he says, no, it isn't. No, it ain't. He says, she's not sure whether she wants to have it, but she is sure she don't want to stay with him. Uh, and um, and uh, and he's like, I blew it, Brenda. He says, I say, I wanted to be married to her, you know, but I guess I'm just too immature to be married. And she says, other women? He says, yeah, look, the point of loving someone is to prove it to him, right? Which means giving all the rest of the birds the elbow not responding to every bit of skirt that passes you in the street, not being tempted by the bird, by any bird that flashes you in the boozer, you know? I mean, I wanted it both ways, and that's out of order, isn't it? And she goes, I'm afraid it is, Wayne. And he says, look, he says, don't tell Neville about this. He says, I don't want the lads finding out. You're the only woman I've told about this apart from Hazel. And she goes, is Hazel one of the other women? He goes, no, <laughs> Hazel, Barry's fiance. fiance. <laughs> she goes, oh, Hazel, yes, sorry. Wayne laughs, he goes, it's funny, isn't it? He goes, I find it much easier talking to birds about this than fellas. I suppose it's the old ego, eh? And she goes, you know, Wayne, if you tell Krista what you told me and Hazel, well, that might make all the difference in the world. And then Wayne says, no, nah, it wouldn't. He says, not unless I changed, and I can't see that happening, love. He says, I mean, basically, I want every woman there is in the world. Present company excluded, of course. Mm. Brenda pretends to be a little bit mock offended. She goes, ooh, thanks very much. And he says, no, no. He says, you know, it's not that I don't find you attractive. And then Wayne just starts digging himself a fucking hole here. And he goes, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it with a mate's bird. No, uh, uh, not, that I, not that I wouldn't want to, because, uh. you know, I mean, you know, with me, mate, and, and you, and you're very, and so we could. And uh, and he just, like I say. Oh, he definitely would. <laughs> Surely, surely any 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 sane man would. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the toast pops up, and that sort of puts a puts a bit of a, a full stop on the end of Wayne's babbling. Because yeah. I think I understand Wayne. It's not uncommon in men of your age. You seem to feel you need to prove that your sexual magnetism still works. And he says, "Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's that. I suppose that's it then." And she and she just says, and she. She draws the line on her and she goes, jam them all, mate. Yeah. So, Oz, go, well, they cut. At the factory. We see Marjorie. So, it doesn't mention it by name, but again, yeah. big shout out to my mother. So, ah. Oz, this, my mother provided me with some information when we were, when we very first started doing this. And now we've got to that specific episode. So, yeah. Rod obviously speaks about her working in a cigarette factory. He goes, the tab factory. Yeah? Mm. And they obviously cut, and she's in a cigarette factory. Now, yeah. there was a cigarette factory called Wills. It was yeah, on yeah. Coast Road near Wall's End. Now, so it's now, if you've got uh, the correct amount of money, you could live there. Because ah. the factory was converted into luxury apartments. Oh. As they all are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it was Will's Cigarette Factory, and my stepdad looked it up. So, big shout out to my mother and Alistair. He'd sent me through an email, and it was in 1985 that it closed down. Ah. So, uh, well, I think it was 1985. Anyway, but um, 
Yes. So we are. It doesn't mention it by name, but the the the, the assumption is that Marjorie is working in Will's cigarette factory, which was on the coast road near Wall's End, ah. on the east of Newcastle. So the foreman turn goes to goes to Marjorie where she's working, and he says, "Osborne, your husband is here to see you." And she goes, no, it can't be. It's been ages since I've seen that beggar. <laughs> beggar, I love that he beggar. Goes, he goes, he says, he's your husband. And she goes, oh, is he Italian? He goes, Italian? No, he's from Biker, if he's anything. Big lad with a hole in his teeth. And she goes, oh, my God, it is me husband. <laughs> and she walks away and she goes, Aurora, will you take over? And her friend comes over and, and starts covering a shift there. And she walks into the office and she's obviously not happy to see Oz. And she goes, well, look what's crawled out the brickwork. And he goes, hello, Marjorie. And she goes, when did you get back? He goes, I've, back in, I've been back in the UK a couple of weeks now. I came up here last night. Now, what's all this about ye going into Italy? And she goes, who told you that? And he goes, the Ben told us that. And she goes, you've seen Rod? And he goes, yes, I've seen Rod. I went to his school. You don't mind, do you? I am his father, you know. And she says, if you'd have read the correspondence in the separation orders, you'd know you're not allowed access to him. And he goes, what correspondence? And she goes, you are sent copies of everything. And he goes, well, I've been moving around a bit, you know. And she goes, don't tell me. This is one of the reasons you're not fit to see him. Abandonment, my solicitor calls it. And he goes, Dad, I don't even care what your solicitor calls it. I'm not bothered about the legalese. I'm bothered about the kid. Right. If you take him off to Italy, I'm never going to see him again, am I? And she straight, straight to the bone there. She goes, "So what will be different?" And he's and uh, and she and she turns her turns her back on him, and he says, "I tell you what will be different. The kid will be different, won't he? Because he's English, man. He was born here. His roots are here, and all his friends are here. How's he going to turn out being brought up in bloody where is it?" And she goes, "Milano." <laughs> was yeah. Milano I suppose that's Italian for Milan is it you're talking the language already and he, and um, and she goes and she, I mean to be honest she's not wrong when she says look he'll turn out a lot better there than living here mm. who's this Sandro Gadji and she goes he's <laughs> my boyfriend and as soon as the divorce is final he'll be my husband and he goes, well, what sort of bloke is he? And, and again, straight away, she's loving, she's she's welcoming the opportunity to get the jibes in. And she goes, well, he's not you, Oz. So that's a marked improvement. And and Oz makes an assumption and he, he actually gets it right. He goes, a waiter, is he? She goes, how do you know that? And he's a uh, couple of couple of little racial slurs. Yeah, yeah. Beginning with W. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, forgive forgive the racial slurs from the script. And he goes, well, it stands to reason, doesn't it? Any what or chinky who arrives on time <laughs> is bound to be a waiter. I mean, they didn't come here to build ships, you know. And she says, well, if he opened his own trattoria in due course, his dad's sick at the moment, and that's why Sandro's gone going back to help him with the business. And he says, so every time I want to see me kid, I've got to hop on a day flight to Milano, have I? Eh? And she goes, I've told you, you don't have access. And he goes, I can get a corner. I'm his legal dad, you know. And she goes, are you going to take me to court? Are you? She goes, I would love that. 
I'd love my day in the dock telling a few long overdue home truths. She goes, oh man, you haven't got a leg to stand on. You've been out of his life for three years. And he goes, I've been working, I've been working abroad, haven't I? Had to go into Deutschland and then the Falklands. The Falklands, don't tell me that wouldn't have an emotional sway with most of the courts in this country. And she's straight, and again, she's she's not pulling her punches. She tells it how it is. She goes, you weren't there during the hostilities. And he goes, I was there during the aftermath. aftermath the yeah. got us through was the thought of putting a few quid away for the band's future, which we all know that. Well, no, it isn't true. But <laughs> I it. And again, she's like, well, we saw precious little of it. Then you went traipsing around America. That must have made a hole in it. I mean, those boots can't have come cheap. And he goes, oh, shut up, man, Marjorie, will you? Just shut up. Look, we can stand here and argue till we're blue in the face. It's going to do any good, because we can never agree on nothing. We never could, we never will, right? She goes, I don't care what you think, right? I just care about me, Ben, and I want to hear it from him, all right? And she goes, well, you're not going, and she's obviously got the hump on. She goes, well, you're not going yeah. to us. You're not seeing him, and that's that. She storms out the office. So we cut to the train we see the it look, it look, i say it looks pretty bleak it looks pretty yeah. bleak the old well, train station yeah. so that i mean to be honest newcastle that is that is actually newcastle central station yeah the train is pulling into newcastle central station and and it reminded is, me again of get carter when, when he pulled um, up <laughs> yeah yeah so the, the inside of the train station has been renovated somewhat and there's a few cafes and bars I mean, it can be a little, it is a wee bit grotty, maybe. But the outside, the outside of the station is a very grand bit of architecture right in the centre yeah, of the yeah. castle. And, you know, it's, you know, it'll be a protected and listed building. And I mean, it's, you know, many, many, I mean, I'm sure it's, I'm assuming it's hundreds, you know, well, you know, when, when did they first build a train station? When were trains running? Oh, you know, yeah. 1800s, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so like I say, the train pulls into the central station and we see Barry getting off the train. But then we cut back to um, Wayne, uh, Neville's house and Wayne. Wayne is getting ready to go out. But, and Brenda has given him a compliment. She says, you've got very good dress sense, Wayne. And mm. Neville's like, you'd never let me wear anything like that. And she goes, well, you wouldn't suit a pet. Wayne's got the hips for it. <laughs> The slim hips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he says, yeah, this place I'm supposed to be meeting us, you know, the anchor, what's it like? And she goes, well, it's not the sort of place I go after dark. So it sounds like they're going to meet meet us in a rough old boozer, which we see is a very, very, a very, very sort of delectable place that you and I might have frequented back in Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have gone there, yeah. And uh, what's that? What's the flying Scotsman at King's Cross? Oh, That's not too far away from you. No, that, that that used to have uh, used to have actually have sawdust on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I used to go in there after work, and uh, my work boots. I'd, I'd I'd come home at night, and there'd be sawdust all around the the rim of my boots. <laughs> well, I remember. I remember when COVID first came out. Someone made a joke, and it was actually true. It's like, I, and I said, I, it said. I've snorted cocaine from the toilet seats in the flying Scotsman at King's Cross. I'm immune to fucking coronavirus or something. It's actually reopened now as quite quite a nice boozer. Is it? No, because I remember when we used to do stag do's, it was the first place you'd get off the train at King's yeah, Cross yeah. and you'd walk into the flying Scotsman because the strippers were on. And like yeah, so yeah. strippers on at like midday, wasn't it? Oh. 
they, they, they were constant. It was like a, a rotating wheel. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he says he was supposed to be meeting us, and she says it wouldn't go after dark. And he says it's not full of headbangers, is it? And then Neville says, you'll probably go on to the princess after. And he's talking about the tuxedo princess, which is the boat that floated on the river. Oh, yeah, you mentioned this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. dance floor. And, um, yeah, it was the, it was just there. I mean, it was an absolute fucking meat market, an absolute, an absolute fucking savage place. And, yes, so they had a, it had a revolving dance floor on it. So when the tide was going in, so the, the boat would be leaning to one side. And then yeah. the dance floor is going round and round. So you're going round and round, but you're also going up and down like that. <laughs> and then you're also pissed out your face as well. It was the, yeah. the cause of many a fucking scuffle, let me tell you. Um, and he says, you'll probably go on to the princess after. And then he whispers, he goes, it's wall to wall crumpet. Wink, wink. And Wayne says, here, and he takes the piss and he says to Brenda, he goes, here, ma'am. He goes, is it all right if I stay out till midnight? And she goes, not a minute later, mind. And he says, I'm only doing it for you. For, for you. Um, he says, I thought you might like to be alone. And she goes, oh, there's no need to go out on our account, Wayne. And Neville straight away puts it. He says, yes, there is. Uh, Can you get him a key, please, pet? And she goes, I'll get the spare. And he goes, and, and, and Neville has a wee word with Wayne. He says, yeah, listen, if you pull tonight, didn't drag it back here, eh? And he goes, what do you take me for? And he goes, an animal. And he goes, yeah, but I wouldn't abuse your Brenda's hospitality now, would I? He says, maybe not now, but after a few drinks, it hasn't got a conscience, has it? <laughs> Pointing to Wayne's little chap. And he says, now, look, first of all, I'm not in the mood for chasing it, all right? And secondly, if I was, I've got a beautiful car with reclining seats and a lovely heater. So it's a bloody sight warmer than your spare room. So we cut to Barry, and so oh, Barry is there. I, I, I actually, I love this scene. It, it's it's one of the best. <laughs> so once again, one of our <laughs> one of our crew find themselves at Marjorie's old now we put in Marjorie's old flat, and he knocks on the door, and Denise Welsh answers, Jean, yeah. and he goes, uh, "Hello, you must be Marjorie." And she goes, I'm sorry. Now, this is the way it plays out is, you know, 24 hours earlier, they had some fucking lunatics in there talking about Marjorie. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and then a, a, a day later, someone knocks on the door and goes, are you Marjorie? And she poor, 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 poor old Douglas. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> and he goes, I'm Barry, Barry Taylor. You are expecting me. And she goes, are you a friend of my husband's? And he says, that's right. Old muck has me and him. Yeah. Did he mention me? And she goes, just a minute. And so she goes in and she goes, Douglas. And Barry just walks in the fucking gap. Like, <laughs> be invited. And she goes, it's a friend of yours, pet. And he opens the door. And, you know, Barry's got a look on his face. He's like, oh, and then he, he's like, look, the, the look on his face changes. And Douglas, again, he goes, who are you? And he goes, Barry, Barry Taylor, where's Oz? And again, you know, the penny doesn't drop when they were talking about Oz yesterday. And he goes, yeah. Oz. He goes, I'm terribly sorry. There seems to be some sort of mistake. Is this flat 23, Emmanuel, and I think he says Shinwell House. Yeah, yeah. He goes, aye, that's us, but there's no Oz. And he goes, Osborne. And he, go, and he goes, and then the penny finally drops, which, you know, I'm still dumbfounded. It took them so long to realise. And he says, mm. oh, Marjorie Osborne, no pet Marjorie. And here we go. 
Marjorie doesn't live here anymore. Yeah. And he says, oh, that's bloody terrible. There's a whole bunch of us. And again, Barry loves a backstory, doesn't he? There's a whole bunch of us and we're supposed to be staying with the three local lads. In fact, I made up the roster. Look, we ain't staying with Neville and Moxie and me. We're supposed uh -huh. to stay in here. And Douglas has had enough. He goes, well, I'm very sorry because I'll sleep on the sofa and you can move in with the missus. <laughs> and she goes, Douglas. And he goes, it's terrible. He goes, I've paid off the taxi. I've lugged me bags all the way up here because the lift isn't working, you know. And Douglas has got the hump now. He goes, well, you can just lug them back down again, can't you? And Barry's terrified. He goes, on the streets of an area like this. And he goes, hey, mate. He goes, don't you rubbish my area. We live <laughs> And you don't. And he slams the door. And Barry... Not taking the fucking answer, he fucking knocks on the door. Well, if I could just use your telephone. So we cut back to Neville's house, and um, Neville says to Brenda, he says, "Is she asleep?" Meaning the meaning the baby. And she goes, "Yeah, dead to the world." And they both have themselves a glass of wine and cheers. And she goes, "Oh, it's nice. This it's not too sweet." And then so Neville. Neville's obviously feeling a little bit frisky once again. Yeah, yeah. He says, hey, listen, he says, I've been thinking. He says, why? He says, well, we've not seen each other for a bit. Wayne's away out. The band's asleep. I thought maybe we could have an early night. And she says, half past eight. And he says, well, there's an out on the box. And she goes, I don't think I could get to sleep this early. <laughs> obviously, she's winding him up. And he's, yeah. oh, yeah, Brenda, you know what I mean. She goes, oh, all right, and as it's a bit early, you better take the phone off the hook. And he says, all right. He says, I'll nip up and put the electric blanket on and all. And then we find out that your yeah, friend yeah. has had the same idea. She says, he's done that. Yeah, yeah. No need to do that. I did that 20 minutes, 20 minutes ago. ago. Yeah. She's got a very saucy look on her face there, George. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely. Sure were, I'm sure you were quite enamoured with yeah, yeah. the saucy look there. So we cut to Norma's and Dennis is looking for some records we see. And he says, Norma, and he says, yeah. And he goes, where have you put all of my records? And she goes, what? And he goes, when I moved in here, I brought a whole stack of records with us. I put them in that cupboard there. And just as if it's normal to give people shit away, she just goes, oh, I gave them away. Like, now I know, right? I, I think she said to Ethiopia, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, what I'm saying, right, is... This isn't Dennis's house. And so, yeah. you know, he's moved in and it's not his house and then he's gone away and whatever. But like, you know, I mean, like, I, me and my sister don't talk, right? But like, if I did that, like, if, I'm, if I was staying at my sister's and she just went and gave some of my shit away, mm. I would go fucking ballistic. And, <laughs> and, you know, he's talking about, you know, records, which are obviously quite valuable. Yeah. When I moved in, I bought a whole stack of records and I put them in the cupboard. And she goes, I gave them away. He goes, You did what? She goes, I either went for Ethiopia. And he goes, That was my collection, Norma. And she goes, Well, the bands have left some cassettes around. He goes, Look, man, I'm talking about classics. I'm talking about Janice Joplin, Credence Clearwater Water Revival. <laughs> now, you, you, as a man that used to work in the record store, George, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure you probably know a little bit about that. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I, I had a great collection of records, but um, I sort of in the late 80s, I, I went and sold them. I, I'd signed Depeche Mode uh, records. I'd 
I oh, I had all sorts of stuff. Yeah, stuff I wish I kept, but probably you know. probably worth a fortune these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and she goes, "You can't tell me you were going to play them now." And he goes, "I was, as a matter of fact, I." She goes, "Well, if you're feeling nostalgic, pet, why don't we get the family photograph album out?" <laughs> oh, that's a bit of a jibe about something or not. But anyway, the mm. phone rings. He goes, that'll be bummer. And she goes, are you picking them up? He goes, no, I can get a cab. It's a phone. And then he picks the phone. And he goes, it's a phone box. It's him. And then you hear him and he goes, Barry, where are you? And this is one of the greatest lines in the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. He goes, he goes, I've no idea, mate. It's taken me bloody half an hour to find a phone box that hasn't been vandalised. And Dennis just goes, oh, you're in Newcastle. You're in Newcastle. You're in Newcastle. And, uh, and he goes, I'm surrounded by drug addicts, muggers, and bloody rapists. He goes, oh, I, of course, we forgot you were supposed to be staying at Oz's, weren't you? And he says, and he says, nah, he says, nah, him and Moxie are staying at his mother's. She'll not be on the phone. She'll be no room there anyhow. Well, we can't manage to see you because my sister's already putting up bomber. Why don't you try Neville? And obviously Barry says he's engaged. He goes, well, he can't be engaged forever. And obviously Dennis has got the hump trying to sort out other people's problems. And he slams the phone down and he looks at the cassette that's been, that, that he's got and he goes, banana bloody rama. <laughs> so we cut the Neville's and the doorbell rings. And it's like, not just once, it's ringing and ringing and ringing. And Neville says, is that our bell? And Brenda says, well, I gave him a key, Connor lost it. And he goes, it's only 20 to 10. He goes, it's only 20 to 10. He goes, it can't be weighing. She goes, who is it then? And he goes, well, I'm not a clairvoyant, Brenda. And the doorbell rings and he goes, aye, I'm coming, I'm coming. And he opens the door and it's Barry. And he goes, oh, thank God. And then straight away he goes, all right, driver, thank you. And you hear the car drive off. And he walks in, he goes, warm, safety. And he goes, uh, and he goes, where have you sprung from? And he goes, some place called, they called Gated. <laughs> Talk about the bleeding concrete jungle. And yeah, I mean, you know, there are definitely blocks of flats in Gateshead where you wouldn't mm. want to fucking go after dark. You know what I mean? There's some pretty fucking rough areas there. And, um, and Brenda says, Neville, and he, goes, and he says, it's just a minute, Barry. And she goes, who is it? And he goes, it's Barry, Barry, one of the lads. And she goes, what's he doing here? And he goes, I don't know yet, do I? And then the baby starts crying. And he says, I hope you don't mind, mate. And Ellie bloody froze to death out there. And he says, no, you're all right. He goes, I'll get you a hot drink or something. And, and then he realised, he goes, oh, you're in bed. I hope I haven't come at a bad moment. <laughs> no, no. And he goes, no wonder I couldn't get through. You left the bloody phone off the hook. So, Barry has well and truly interrupted Neville's potential bit of passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to get on with Brenda. So we cut to the pub. The stripper. What a fantastic fucking establishment this looks like. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. It's a my, my sort of place, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, there was... There was a... No, no, no one judges you. Yeah, no judgment. <laughs> Absolutely no judgment. So there was there was definitely a couple of boozers like this in South Shields. I used to live near one. Yeah, yeah. What was it called again? I can't remember. It was, on, it was at the top of Lake... The Brunswick... That was it. There was a pub called the Brunswick at the top of Leg at the top of Frederick Street in Leggett. Yeah. Up the road from there, there was another pub in South Shields that used to have strippers on like that. But 
Um, yeah, there was. I didn't know of anywhere in Newcastle that had them. I'm sure if 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 you lived in Newcastle in this time and you yeah. knew where there was strip, I would have been there. Please feel free. Well, at this point, I was about ten years old, so I wouldn't have been. <laughs> you would have been there, George. I would have been there. Um, but yeah, if you knew of any bars in Newcastle that had strippers on in such like, please feel free to email us. In. Um. So, like I say, there's a stripper on, Oz gets the drinks in, and Oz is actually sitting with his back to the stripper and not really paying any attention. And he says, well, I'm sorry I'm not your genial host tonight, lads. I mean, any other time, I'd have been happy to drag you. And it has to be said, the stripper is opening her legs at regular intervals. She is. And, um, yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's, you know, she's definitely trying to attract people's attention. And he says, yeah, and he says, normally I'd have been happy to drag you around the flesh pots of the northeast, you know, but it's just this thing when we kid. I mean, it's weighing heavy on us. And Wayne is not taking his eyes off the stripper. Him uh-huh. and you are transfixed. As is Moxie. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure it does, son. And he says, he says, I mean, I know what you think. I know what everyone thinks for that matter. You think that I'm irresponsible to kind of heed the ball. A bit of a, and Moxie goes, lunatic? And again, Moxie, like, Oz is like, Oz hears the truth from Moxie. And he's like, yeah, all right, Moxie, all right. And then he said, this is a great line. He says, you're not always rowing with all your oars in the water yourself, you know. <laughs> and Moxie, he says, no, he says, fair enough. Sorry, Oz. And he says, but I'm still his father. And I says, he's still my kid. And he turns around for a second and he looks at the stripper. And then he turns back again. He says, you've got to put yourself in my place. Wayne, man. And he's sort of when he tries to attract the attention, he goes, put yourself in my place with this business with a kid, man. He says, because you're married, aren't you? And he says, if your bird pissed off and left you, how would you feel eh, if she went back to Germany? And Wayne, a bit pissed, he's like, who have you been talking to then? And he thinks mm. his secrets have been spilled. Uh-huh. And, and Oz is like, eh? and he says, nay one, man. He says, I'm talking hypothetically. And obviously Wayne, you know, he, Oz doesn't realise, you know, many a true word is spoken in jest. Oz doesn't realise he's actually just hit the nail on the head. And Wayne says, oh, yeah, yeah. And he says, well, he says, I mean, can you imagine if she had a sprog and she dragged him back to Dusseldorf, you'd never see it again. Can you imagine how that would feel? And Wayne sort of says to himself quietly, he says, yeah. He says, I can't as it happens, because that is what is happening. Mm. So, but we cut back to Neville's and Barry (laughs) is there, like Neville's asleep. Brenda, he's driving them all mad. And he's boring the shit out of Brenda. And um, and he says, he says, you see, when I got back last weekend, I saw a very real change in, in Hazel. She was very warm and positive, and it was the most encouraging. And that's why I went off with the fellas in the first place, you see, to give her her own space, as they say. You know, but then the following night, no, no, I tell a lie, it was the Monday. She goes on the Sunday, she went over to Dudley, point to see her gran who's had this hip you know he loves a backstory and he says yeah they got a they got brittle bones at that age you know and i think it's the lack of calcium in the water and i often notice how dry my cuticles get and nev's like sparkle in the dressing gown looking looking ah. fantastic and brenda's like he's had enough so when you saw hazel next and he goes oh yeah he goes i took her to this restaurant you see lovely place best there is el pepe anyway i was telling her about the problems we had with the conversion light and the trouble we had with the getting the permission to turn it into timeshare units and this conversion and so on etc etc and anyway suddenly 
in the middle of this crowded restaurant because it's ever so popular, even on a Monday. Like she jumps up in the middle of a what is it, Zo, Zab, Zab, Zabagaloni and mm. knocks a chair over and runs in tears to the lavatory. Brenda says, oh, dear. And he says, what do you think, Brenda? Do you think these sudden mood shifts suggest a chemical imbalance in her metabolism? Do you think she should seek medical advice? <laughs> and, you know, so the very idea that it's anything wrong with him is so alien. He's like, yeah. he's got a chemical, a chemical imbalance. And she and Brenda, a bit, a bit quite diplomatically, but she says, look, says, well, I think it's probably a bit simpler than that, uh, Barry. <laughs> I mean, maybe she's not all that interested in planning permissions and timesharing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Barry has a bit of a realisation. He goes, do you mean I'm boring her? I never really thought of that. Am I boring you? Boring you. <laughs> she's like, no, um, no, no, no. Anyway, so we cut to the bar. And Oz has got three pints and the, and, the, and, and the landlord screams, time, gentlemen, please. And Oz, he goes, right, I've come to a decision. And Wayne, you can tell, Wayne's absolutely slaughtered by now. <laughs> he says, oh, yeah, what was it, Indian or Chinese? And he goes, no, I'm talking about the kids, stupid. He gets out of school at Fowler, right? He goes, nobody meets him. And he's got to get to the bus, right? Says, so all we need is a motor, right? And you've got one of them. So that's it, job squared. And it's like a bit confusing, and and and, and, he goes, and he goes, hold on, he goes, he goes, what we got to do about it? What we're gonna <laughs> snatch the kid? <laughs> and he says, we're gonna snatch the kid. And I mean, oh, that's a, you know, they're talking about a kidnap here, and um, and you know, Wayne appears to agree to it fairly fucking quickly, and um, and so the next day they cut to, and they're at the football field at the school. And obviously there's kids and they're playing in various colours. There's kids playing in blue and red and red with white stripe, red with white arms and, and whatever. Anyway, so uh, the ball goes over and Rod sees that it's uh, Oz and he says, Dad, what are you doing here? And he goes, well, you don't think I'd miss the opportunity to see you play, do you? He goes, here, listen. He goes, you were far too soft on that tackle. Never flinch the 50-50 ball, right? you got to get in, right? He says, I'll see you after the game, right? I'll be waiting for you. And, he's, and he's, uh, he lets know some information which scuppers Oz's plan. He goes, I so is Sandro. And he goes, what, Wayne? He goes, how are they by the corner flag? And Wayne comes over, he says, look, I've moved the carts up by the railings. And Oz says, well, that's just as well because there's a bit of a hiccup. He says, what now? He says, Sandro's here. He says, what, the boyfriend? He says, aye, aye. He says, he's obviously here to take the kid Yem after the match. And Wayne says, Nafanel, we're not going to, we can't snatch the pair of them. Mm. You know, Wayne's like, we're not snatching both of them. You know, like I say, Wayne's agreed to a kidnappers far too quickly, in, in my opinion. You know, can you imagine that? Like, imagine if one of your mates just fucking rang you up or said to you, Gans, I help this kidnappy kid. You'd be like, uh, no, fuck off. No. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and, he, and he says, that's sorry, didn't panic. He says, I'll go up and engage him in conversation. He says, because I want to give him the once over anyway. He says, and Wayne says, well, what am I supposed to do? He goes, well, look, he says, the, he says, he says, the kid, the kid knows I'm here. I'll read. And he says, because I've been having a bit of crack with him. He says, so when the whistle goes, he says, you get over and explain who you are. Tell him you're a mate of mine and tell him that you've got the car. 
And he goes, hold on, hold on. He goes, I don't know what he looks like, do I? And he says, he's playing number seven for the Reds. And Wayne just says, number seven. And Oz sidles over to Sandro. And, um, and Sandro's shouting advice. He's like, hold it, hold the ball. And then he says something in Italian. Running, running, running. <laughs> yeah. And then he um, and then he shouts more, and, and that's it. He says, in England, always the long ball, running, running, running. And Oz says, hold on, you know, there's some talent on there, out there, son, you know. And he goes, of course, he says, but the look of the boys, they're eight, the nine, and ten years old, okay? And he says, yes. And he says, all they do is play the grown-up field. And Oz is like, so what, like, and he says, it's too big. All they learn about is space, running, running, running. In Italy, they play on the streets, they play on the beach, and they learn to pass, they learn to control, they learn to hold the ball. And he says, aye, well, he says, I suppose you've got a point, like, he says, however, in Inglaterra, they learn stamina. And different then, he says, which is bloody handy when you're playing the longest football season. And the, he says, you're playing the longest football season in the world, kidder. And Sandro, he says, too long, too many games. Anyway, so Rod scores a goal, and they both cheer. And Oz, he says, see the way that number seven just slipped into the 18-yard box straight in. And Sandro, he goes, that's my boy. He goes, I ah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the whistle goes. Both games are finished. And there's, uh, like I say, there's one team, like Oz has said, he's the number seven for the Reds. But there's one team that's playing in red, but they've got white yes. sleeves. And uh, Wayne says, excuse me, you, yeah, you, number seven. <laughs> he steams straight over there, doesn't he? Grabs him. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, you played a right stormer, you did, and the kid's like, thanks. And he goes, your dad was well proud of you. And I mean, it, you know, it's sc scarily, scary how easy it is for Wayne to get this kid at the car. Yeah. He says, me dad, yeah, he says, yeah, of course he is. He told me to come and fetch you. Come on. Anyway, so Oz is back, he goes, Oz is back with Sandro, and he goes, so what? He says, you come, he says, so what? You come here every week and watch every game, do you? And he says, oh, and he goes, oh, I. he says, today they don't play so good. He said, but last week, the boy, he got the hat trick. And um, and, uh, and he says, get away, the bugger. He says, all right. It's got, it's got one thing got we said. He's, uh, uh, Sandro, he, he's been in quite a few things as well, hasn't he? George, you read, once again, you read. Vin Vincenzo Nicolai. Yeah, Vincenzo Nicolai. He's got 96 credits on IMDb. Yeah, he's been loads of stuff, hasn't he? He was in Dempsey and Makepeace. Yeah. One of our favourites. He was in Boone. Yeah. He yeah. was in the film Buster with Phil Collins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was in the film Alien 3. Yeah. Shine on Harvey Moon. Diesel and Pasco that was written by our guest Stan here. He yeah. was in the Bill Grange Hill, Hustle, Spooks, The Dark Knight, the good film. Colby City, yeah. EastEnders, and yeah. was in Captain Phillips. That mm. thing, that um, that uh, film with Tom Hanks about these Somalian pirates. Yeah, yeah. So yes, he's had a, a fairly decent career. How and a lot of the um, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that he played was like Giuseppe in yeah, yeah, yeah. some you know like if there was if there was a if there was a, a requisite. For a talking Italian in an English TV show, he got the. Part. He was the man. Yeah, he's yeah. done that. So we anyway, we diverse, we diverse, we we do, and uh, so anyway, 
Wayne leads this, takes the kid, takes this lad to the car, and he says, right, here we are. And he goes, is this your car, BMW 520? And he goes, uh, and the kid says, it's a great motor. He says, yeah, we'll jump up in. Your dad's up the road and we'll go and pick him up. And then Oz jumps in the car and he says, right, burn rubber. And the car spins off. But literally 50 yards down the street, they, um, they, they hit the brakes. <laughs> yeah. And Osgan's so, who are you? And he goes, I'm Terry Atkinson. And he said, and Osgan's, that's not the kid. And he goes, he's not me dad. And Wayne goes, oh, bloody hell. And he goes, I thought it was funny. Me dad's on the oil rigs. And Oz goes, he? <laughs> he goes, well, you had no business getting in this man's car, did you? Let that be a lesson to you. Never take lifts off strange men. And Wayne says, even if the car is a BMW. And he goes, who are you looking for? And he goes, what? He goes, nobody, nobody. He goes, me and him, sir. School board inspectors. <laughs> we go around schools testing kids like you on their reflexes about things like this, and you've just failed. And Wayne just says, failed. And he goes, miserably. However, we'll forget about it this time on the condition that you say nothing to your friends and we'll say nothing to the headmaster. And they convince the kid, and he says, great, thanks a lot, sir. And he goes, right, okay, now watch the road. So the kid, Terry Atkinson, gets out. Mm -hmm. And and Wayne says, you great big pillickers. And he goes, me? He goes, you're the one that snatched the wrong kid. And he goes, you're the one that told me number seven. He goes, aye, but you pinched the wrong number seven, didn't you? <laughs> the one off the other game. He goes, how was I supposed to know? I've never set eyes on your bloody kid. And he goes, look, look, for future reference, he goes, for future reference, he goes, you must be bloody joking. And he drives off. And then Sandro and Rod are leaving school and, and he goes, Rod, your father, you sure he was here? And he goes, of course I am, Sandro. I've seen him talking to you, man. Mm -hmm. So the lads are at Neville's yeah. after Oz's failed attempt at getting his kid. And Dennis is like, you do these things on the spur of the moment, man, Oz, without even thinking them through. I mean, where are you going to take the lad? And he goes, well, I wasn't going to hang on to him, man. I only wanted 24 hours with him to find out how he feels about this trip abroad, man. Find out how he feels about this Sandro Gadji. And she wouldn't let Gadgie. us have the other <laughs> So I had to do what I had to do, didn't I? And Bomber says, well, she'll be less disposed to let you see him now. And, um, and he says, and Barry says, oh, so you met the Italian in question, did you? And he says, aye, we exchanged one or two words, yes. And Brenda says, what sort of person did he seem then, Oz? And, and Oz says, well, he seemed perfectly affable and pleasant and polite. But, I mean, you kind of gone on that. He's a waiter. He's trained to be. Like, Oz is talking like he's some kind of undercover operative. Like, he's a trained operative. And Wayne says, oh, come off it, Oz. You said in the car he seemed like a nice enough bloke. And Oz says, aye, them's were my first impressions, weren't they? But then he, then this is a class side. He goes, he's got to be a bit macy if he wants to be, if, if he wants to lob up with my Marjorie, which is true, she's mental. And um, anyway, so Brenda offers to do another pot of tea and everyone says yes, and she goes into the kitchen and Neville says, I'll give you a hand. And she says, no, I'll do it, pet. And she goes into the kitchen. Anyway, so Dennis says, so where, when do they leave then? And he goes, uh, next week. And Barry says, if you ask me, just my opinion, like, I think living in Italy might benefit the lad. I mean, he'd have he's had the he'll have the climate when he comes back. He'd be bilingual, a wonderful bilingual. advantage. 
Only spent one night in the area, and I'll tell you, it was bleeding, terrifying experience. Anyway, they're, they're pretty up. They're, they're upset with uh, Barry uh, slagging off Newcastle, and, he, and then it says, "You can't judge a place by one night." And Oz is like, "What? What's wrong with the place?" Like, <laughs> and he says, "We've all seen Wolverhampton. It's not exactly Beverly Hills." Beverly Hills. Uh... Anyway, so Bomber takes the mugs out into the kitchen, and Brenda's doing the washing up, and he says, "Here you are." You, you can see how big Bomber is here, can't you, oh, compared to yeah, when he's standing next to her. Yeah, I mean, a, he's a massive guy, wasn't he? He's an absolute lump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and she goes, you didn't need to do that. I've seen it. He goes, that's all right. Just glad to get out of the smoke. And he picks up the tea towel and he starts drying up. And she goes, oh, you've not left your wife, have you? And run off with a sailor. And he says, if, he says, if I do, you'll be the first to know. And uh, she goes, honestly, it's been like heartbreak hotel. This hotel. Thinking yeah. of leaving me job at the hospital and taking up marriage guidance. And she says, well, we'll be off in a couple of days and you can get some peace and quiet. And then Neville comes in and he says, Brenda. And, and she goes, the kettle's not ready yet, pet. And he goes, no, could you come and have a word with the lads, please? So Brenda goes into the living room and uh, Bomber takes over the dishes. And, and, Brent, and, uh, and Dennis says, Brenda, we all agree. We think Oz has got a case here. I mean, we think that he should see his young lad before he's whisked off to a foreign country. And she goes, oh, I quite agree, Dennis. And she goes, the, and he says, but the main problem is the situation with Marjorie. Delicate to say the least. I mean, she's had to, she has to understand that us seeing his son won't be a threat to her. I mean, that's only right and proper. And she's like, uh-huh. And then he drops the bomb and he goes, so we thought the best way to convince her would be uh, <laughs> if you had a word. Don't talk to her, yeah, yeah. So... We cut and we see. So Brenda and Marjorie are in oh. a bar stroke restaurant. Oh, I now, love the I love the Italian restaurant. It's brilliant. Now, do you did you actually notice that it is, if not, it, it's similar to the the other place they the cocktail bar they're in. There we go. So it's similar, if not the same place. There's just a few Italian bottles hanging about the place. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah. So they, they basically, it was similar, if not the same, as the... I mean, because obviously we know it was different because in season one they were filming in Elstree and this is being filmed yeah. in Nottingham. So, you know, it is a different place, but they obviously either kept the same set or, yeah. you know, but they, or, or they may even be trying to insinuate that... Marjorie pulled the waiter in season one and ah. she's now going out with them in season two. But it's very, very similar to the bar where yeah. um, Brenda and Marjorie and um, uh, Vera uh, yeah. drank in season one, in series one. So anyway, so they're, they're sat at the table and Sandro's got a bottle of wine and he says, who wants to taste and she says, you're the expert pet. And he says, shall I let it breathe? And she goes, don't be daft, man. We just want to hurl it doing one next. <laughs> yeah. And um, and she, and she um, and, uh, he pours the drinks. That's a good Geordie bird, yeah. Go oh, get it down your necks, yeah. Well, she has pets. And they, were, and they chink glasses. And she, and she goes, I'll tell you something. Sandro is the only dad Rod's ever, ever had. He's wonderful with him. He teaches him things. He talks to him. He explains things. And, um, and, 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 and Brenda says, well, actually, in spite of all of the circumstances, Oz admitted he, was, he quite liked him. And she goes, oh, my God, that's what Sandro said. 
He goes, I'm telling you, Brenda, I couldn't stand it if him and Oz got Pally. So um, Brenda come, uh, gets home after being with Marjorie and Wayne is sat all alone in the living room. And, she, and he goes, oh, hello, Brenda. And she goes, hello, Wayne, are you on your own? And she says, ah, the lads have gone down the pub. I said, I'd babysit. And she says, that's nice of you. And he goes, I didn't fancy it. And I wanted to speak to Krista, you know, sort of privately. And he gives her another tenner. Um, those big, remember them big old brown tenors? Oh, God, I remember them well. Yeah, we, <laughs> well, we used to call it a brown spot, didn't we? That was like what we used to call a £10 note, or a, like a brown spot cash jackie. Oh, it used to be a night out, that was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but it, like we used to, like, so a £10, so the fruit machine used to have a £10 jackpot. Yeah, yeah. And we used to call a £10 either, as it was either a brown spot oh. or a cash jackie, because it was a, like, <laughs> it was either £10 in cash or 20 pound in tokens mm. and um yeah so anyway he gives her a big one of them big old tenors and um and she goes i'm sure that's too much we in a cheap rate after all he goes yeah but there was quite a lot of heavy dialogue tonight and she goes oh dear she goes look there's some quantra on the sideboard over there why don't you pull both one and um and so and she says so has she come to any decision yet and she goes yeah she's gonna have the baby and she goes, well, I'm, that's a relief. I'm glad. He says, but she ain't going to have me back. So the good news is I'm going to have a kid by the woman I love, but the bad news is I'll probably never get to see it. And Brenda says, it's ironic, isn't it, that you and Oz have similar problems? And she goes, and he goes, how did you get on with Marjorie? And she goes, well, she's agreed to let him see the boy. Took two bottles of Chianti, though. <laughs> and he says, you are a marvel, you are, Brenda. She says, do you fancy hopping over, hopping over to Dusseldorf, do you? Do the business with Krista. Mm -hmm. So there is some samba music playing and we cut and it's basically yeah. the river time. And Hit the Oz, time. Yeah. And Oz is basically being with Rod and they're on the banks of the river time near the shipyards, etc. And he says, ah, he says, this is where your granddad used to work. And he says, yeah, he says, well, not exactly here. He says, not here exactly, up the river, Wells End, Slipway. And he goes, I never knew me granddad. And he says, no, no. He says he was a riveter, hard man, proud man. But the job killed him in the end. And that's why you never got to meet him. And he so, you know, he's got a bar of chocolate. And that. And he says, ah, it's funny. He says, he built ships that went all over the world. And yet he never left Tyneside. Mm. He says, I think that's how I become a bit of a wanderer, you know. I got a bit of the jippo in us. Because I said to myself that when I was your age, I said, that's never going to happen to me. He says, mind that I'm not that I'm afraid of hard grafting out like that. It's just, you know, there's a great big world out there. And he goes, I and our dad. And he says, well, that's that's how it's come that I'm pleased about you going to Italy. So Oz has come round to the idea that it's a good idea. And he says, I'm, he says, that's how come I'm pleased about you going to Italy. And now, now that I now that how you're feeling about it, because I mean it's got to do you do you good, hasn't it? Really? I mean, you'll come back, you'll be able to parlez amour italiano, as they say, mm. give you an idea what the world's about, and it'll improve your ball control, and it'll improve your ball control, doesn't it? Eh? And he laughs for a second. He says, My teacher says I'm very fortunate. He says, I well, your teacher's right for once. He says, I'll miss me friends, though. And he says, ah, he says, you'll make new ones. Anyway, you'll be back, won't you? I mean, he says, you couldn't leave this for long, could you? Yeah. So you see them, and they're with some donkeys in a field. Yeah, and yeah. then they cut, and they are at a bus stop. And they're yeah. under the on, that, on that road again. They're on that road yeah, again. Yeah. Well, they? so 
So where they are, that is on that street they're on is called the Sand Hill, which yeah. is so where he stood there on the corner under the time yeah. bridge, directly behind him is the, is the bridge. Is the yeah. pub I used to work in. Oh right, right. Oh so yeah. they're on the quayside and the bridge is going over the top there. And yeah, yeah. So if you basically from directly behind where where they're waiting for the bus stop. Yeah. The pub I used to work in, Offshore 44, and then over to the left is the pub that they well, were. Well, you weren't doing the bar there or the door? No, no, this was when I was, a, I, was a, I started out as a glass collector oh, and then okay. worked on the bar. Yeah, this was when I was like 17, 18, yeah. I didn't start doing the door until I come down here. Um, so, like I said, where he is, he's on the corner, behind him is Offshore 44, and up to the, if you went up to the left, you would have that pub that they went in at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the bus comes round the corner, and it's yeah. number 35 bus, which goes to Chapel Park via Osborne Road. And Osborne, Osborne Road, yeah, yeah. Osborne Road is in Jesmond, so yeah. Um, is that a real place, Osborne Road? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. So Osborne Road is a big road going through Jesmond. There's a lot of bars and hotels oh, okay. and restaurants. It's a really nice place, yeah. And like I say, Chapel Park's just a, another area of Newcastle in sort of sort of north northeast of the of the city, sort of yeah. And yeah, so that's a real bus with a real destination, everything written on the front. And um, anyway, so they're, they're stood at the bus stop, and and he says, "Now," he says, "I don't want to wait six months for a postcard, Alreed." And he says, um, "We'll have a great time." And Rod gets on the bus, and he says, "But but here, listen." He says, you might be a man of the world now, but never forget your roots, son. And this is where he's sort of getting all emotional. And he says, you'll always be a Geordie, no matter where you go, because mm. this is the place what shaped you, made you what you are. I'll read. And if you notice, Rod, he says, he buys a bus ticket and he says to him, he says, ciao, dad. Mm. It's Italian. He says, ciao, dad. And then the bus... And then Oz, Oz says something quite uh, unique, doesn't he? Yes, and the bus door closes and the bus drives off. And, and in a very sad way, he says, Auf Wiedersehen. Wiedersehen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the is last that? words of the episode. And that is the last time Oz will see his son yeah. until many, many years down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I say, we will talk about that at a later date. So just just out of interest, at that time, I'm pretty sure that the bus fare that he would have just paid that bus driver was five pence. When I was How a much? five pence. Oh. So a child, a child bus fare, when I when I was when I was a kid and I was, you know, first started getting the bus on my own, yeah. a child bus fare in Newcastle was five P. I think it was one. It was one guinea when I started. Fucking hell! <laughs> it was a. It was a groat. A groat. One groat. A shackle. And then it went up. Then it went up to ten p. <laughs> later on down the line, but yeah. So ten groats. Yeah. So that's it. So again, you know, very much, you know, less of the comedy towards the end there, and more, like I say, trying to show us as as not the cold-hearted, you know, yeah. that he is and. You know, as much as he, yes, he's not the greatest father in the world, he still did uh, love his kid. So the credits come up, and who gets a, a, a whole page credit this episode is 
young Brenda, Julia Tobin. And did mm. you see the picture that they used for Brenda's credit? No, no, I didn't see Well, that. George, if you're interested, I suggest that you go back and look because she's wearing a top without a bra and it looks a little bit chilly in the picture. Ah, well, I might, I might, might do a bit of research with that I one later. I do a bit of research. So, yes. So, Brenda gets her a whole page, her own credit. And then we've got uh, the next credit is Norma, Marjorie and Christine, which, um, yeah, like I say, so Norma is Jimmy Neal's sister. Marjorie is obviously Marjorie and Christine is is um, is uh, uh, Kevin's Whaley's wife. And then we've got um, Douglas uh, and Jean, who, um, yeah, are the uh, the occupiers of Oz's flat, which, again, as we talked about, is uh, Denise uh, Welsh. And Sandro gets a credit. And then, finally, we've got the foreman in the factory. We've got Terry Atkinson, the kid, and Rod, who was played by someone called Barry Hollinshead, who, like I say, we did try and reach out to, but he's not been on Twitter for quite some time. But it does say on his Twitter, you know, played Oz's son, the original version. So he is still pretty proud of it. So that is it for this week's episode. Marge yeah. doesn't live here anymore. And love don't live here anymore, which was Jenny Neal's song. So that is it for episode number 21. So... If any of our fantastic listeners or viewers have got any comment about today's episode or anything else, please do feel free to email us on ourvidazainagain.gmail.com. Um, remember to follow us on Instagram at ourvidazainagainpodcast. Um, our Twitter, uh, please do follow us on Twitter at ourvidazainagain. And uh, is, uh, please do uh, like and share the Facebook page of Vida Zane Again podcast. And please do subscribe to our YouTube channel of Vida Zane Again podcast and click that bell, which will alert you to any new episodes. But like I say, if the visual content of mine and George's faces is, uh, you find it in somewhat offensive, which we would understand, you please do um, listen on uh, audio, which is on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Google Podcast, Breaker, many, many more. All good podcast platforms. New episodes are released every Friday at 10 a.m. And our muse, our theme music, as always, is composed and performed by the guitar man Lee Dusty. So please do like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. As always, our sponsor is Top Gun Tattooing, number 12, the Harris Arcade in Reading. Oh, looks like George has disconnected there. You've only got me, but I will finish up. So our sponsors, number 12, the Harris Arcade in Reading, uh, topguntattoo.co.uk, audible one eight nine. Nine six eight. Oh, you're back, George. I think you went for a second. You seem to frozen a bit there. Yeah. Anyway, so um, we were just going through the sponsor, Audible 189-968-667. And remember, you get a 20% discount of any tattoo with Zach with a code word, Hadaway and Shiteman. And remember, you can get a free Neville and Lottie tattoo for every single re uh, listener. That is, and remember, so we had our winner. Remember, the winner of our most recent competition 
winner, winner, chicken dinner was Lynn Anderson, who did it on Instagram. So, if Lynn, if you are watching this, please do uh, message us in with your address, and we will pop your prize in the post. And our next giveaway competition is the original signed picture copy of the be, yeah. in Dusseldorf. So that is it for today's episode. And uh, please, please, please do uh, tell your friends, spread the word, um, and tell everyone how fantastic the podcast is. Try and drum up a few more listeners. And so just as an interest, we have got less than 1% of our listeners are based in Oman in the Middle East. Ah, so brilliant. You are the list. I was looking at the, the geographical breakdown. And it's like <laughs> 96% UK, like 2% America, and then like very ah, yeah. other areas. And let the, so we've got, we've obviously got a listener who's in Oman. Oh, you're the listener. In get in contact, Oman. get in contact. If you're the listener in Oman. Email us in and let us know what you do out in Oman. So that is it for this week. So uh, George, enjoy your trip down. To, where was it? Margate? Uh, Ramsgate. Ramsgate. And the biggest Witherspoons available. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we will see you next week. But until then, Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. All out of options, nothing to choose. I pissed out on Netflix, I'm sick of the news. I'd sign up to Sky.